Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Dungeon Crawler Network presents Tales of Tamriel. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 84 of Tales of Tamriel. I am calling this episode Orktoberfest. That's right, and you'll find out why. I am your host, Agelos, and with me this afternoon, the other guy as part of the stream, that would be Estelian. How are you, Estelian? I'm doing very well. I get to be here for a change instead of Alvi, so uh, yeah, suck it. <laughs> Good. I still have that from our, our thing. I'm going to keep it as a uh, a bumper somewhere. Just keep it in there. Suck it, Avi. No, we love you, Avi. Miss you. Miss you tons. Um, yeah, we're here doing another episode, and if you missed it, it was uh, Friday night. We did a special crossover episode with the fellows over at Elder Scrolls off the record and honest look at the Elder Scrolls online. We had the entire crew there, their entire crew, including ours. Uh, that included a special guest appearance by the tear eater herself, Thais. So if you haven't got a chance to listen to that yet, um, it's on both of our feeds. I'm not really sure why you're listening to this one before you would listen to the one in before it. But for whatever reason... It's there, so you may want to go back and listen. It was a lot, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Um, Stellian, I know you were there. We had fun, right? We had lots of fun. We, we had... did indeed. It was a good time. Nice to be with the uh, OTR guys. Yeah. I listened to them for so long. <laughs> I know Avi was saying the exact same thing. I'm like, I've been listening to these guys for so long, and now I'm actually going to get to be on a podcast with them? This is great. Um, so, yeah, we, we definitely had a ton of fun doing that, and... Um, don't feel too bad because we will probably be doing more of them in the future. So if you missed it, we recorded it live. Um, but you can now listen to it in the podcast version here or on their feed. And we'll be doing it again from time to time. All right. Let's see what we got here. Let's go ahead and move right on into game news. First off, there was another Crown Store showcase for October 2nd. 
Uh, I'm actually really kind of excited about this one because ever since the stuff was data mined, I've really kind of been into this because I wanted wanted this. Um, several of the things that are coming uh, include some Halloween kind of witches festival themed offerings, which we'll talk about later. Uh, those are actually only going to be available for a small period of time, uh, probably around the Halloween type ish season. Uh, so you want to grab them. But the other things that they added is they added two different costume packs, uh, the Imperial Battle Mage pack, as well as the Imperial Officer pack. And that excited me because I've always loved the Imperial armor. And ever since it's been data mined, it's like, well, with the absence of any real. Um, why am I drawing a blank here? Any real um, trans transfer uh, transmog system or uh outfittings type system cosmetic system besides costumes you're kind of stuck into either using a costume or nothing um but now i finally get to run around in imperial armor while still wearing my best in slot gear so that actually is uh really kind of exciting uh steldian did i know we were talking about these did you uh see those two packs that are coming out i did yeah um Again, not really for me. I'm not a costume man as such. I have my one Breton costume for emergency use. To hide the sandals. Exactly. <laughs> Other than that, that's, that's enough for me. I'm not a huge fan of the Imperial. It's I like the principle, but for some reason it doesn't quite look how I I envisioned it. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's not quite right. I prefer the Ultima mm. gear, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I know we were talking right before the show about it and how in the very first opening cinematic we saw uh, when they were shooting those rope bridges over and that big heavy Imperial guy came walking over with the battle axe to knock it off. Like, he looked awesome. And for some odd reason, I really wish that's what all the armor looked like. But unfortunately, it doesn't. Um, but yeah, that's I, I've always been in love with that Roman-esque looking Imperial armor. So I'm really glad I'll be able to get a costume that... Uh, I can then wear it without, you know, gimping my character by going for looks instead of what's best in slot, which is medium armor and uh, and monster helms and things like that. So, yeah, I, I can't remember. Does the Imperial have the same problem the Breton stuff does, where the top half looks really awesome and the the lower half looks a bit spindly? Uh, yeah, the gloves and the uh, boots make it look like you have like insanely like thin ankles and wrists. That's what it was that bothered me about the Imperial. Same thing with the the Breton. Uh, yeah. The Breton's got like the best helmet in the game for me. Great upper body stuff. And then I was like, why are my legs looking like chicken legs here? Yeah, that's that's exactly the issue that 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 they have too. Because yeah, like the chest, the shoulders, the helms, they all look really great. It's like wow, look at that. And then you get to the arms and the and the legs and it's just these chicken type legs and if i had the ability to do like outfit slots like rift does or you know or, or change it i would actually mix and match um and use imperial everything but i would actually be wearing different boots uh probably nordic boots and gloves just because they they look fuller for some reason i don't know why yeah for me that's, that's what it was i knew this reason why the imperial was just not right for me and it's because it just looked too wimpy in the bottom half same with britain whereas i think my ultima's got a decent pair of boots decent looking gloves decent pants a much yeah. a much better full rounded set yeah no exactly that's that's always been my issue with it completely as well as like you said you look like you got little bird ankles and stuff but 
not a ton that you can actually do about that. So <laughs> I guess I'll just roll with it. Um, but yeah. Uh, including from those two packs are also adding a mind shriven skin, which I know we saw earlier, but this is only going to be available from October 8th until November 2nd, as well as the uh, punk inspector polymorph and the scarecrow specter. If you're interested in checking any of those out, please go over to um, uh, elder scrolls online.com. Um, Let's talk about them before we move on to anything else. I, uh, the mind shriven I get, okay, like it, it is what it is. It's not a big deal. Um, if you like that mind shriven kind of crazy look from when you started the game, you can get a skin which works just like a costume, um, but it actually changes the skin of your character, so it doesn't hide your armor or whatnot. It just changes your skin, which is it is neat in concept, right? Yeah. What what I missed that, sorry. Oh, the the skin uh, being that it, yeah. it it doesn't doesn't hide armor, it just changes the look of your character. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funky. Yeah. Um now remember these are only available for a short time. Uh, well, not really a short time, almost a month. Um so if you're interested in getting them, you're gonna have to pick them up quick. Uh, the scarecrow and the other one, and I'm going to say this, it, I'm going to guess I could be wrong. So please don't take this as the gospel truth that, um, they will make an appearance next Halloween. I would imagine they would come back, uh, because they are Halloween events and the scarecrow type costume and the punk inspector only available from, uh, the 22nd to November 2nd. So essentially that week of Halloween, um, so I, I don't see them not coming back next year, but I could be wrong. Maybe no, these things usually come back in each year and they get a regular theme. Yeah. Yeah. They, they generally do. Um, other games do that too. Like they may add more, but they generally bring back the same stuff every year for the people who didn't grab it. And why waste the assets for such a short time? Um, the they're also adding a zombie horse mount to the game that as well is only available from the 22nd to the second. So that Halloween kind of special. Uh, so save your crowns because you're probably looking at probably 60 bucks worth of gems to get the Halloween stuff. If that is what you're interested in doing, um, it, it's probably not going to be that cheap. So, so stand firm buy those costumes rather than the glass motif. Yeah, stand firm. Yeah, exactly. You can farm the glass motif in game. Just do it that way. Um, but yeah, that's that. That's kind of what we're seeing now. I want to talk about the other the other things here, the pumpkin and and the scarecrow, because we were talking about them before. And I I like them, um, but I will say at the same time, um, I'm glad Zoss did something with this because it doesn't look. It looks different and kind of more modern-ish. So you would think, does that fit Elder Scrolls? But at the same time, I honestly don't think it was that far off that it, it's outside the lore of the game. So it, it's not jarring like, you know, anything too weird that you go, how is this in the game? It's jarring from the lore. It kind of fits. It kind of fits. So, um, yeah, I like them. 
they yes yeah, it's, it's it's no sort of strange bunny costume or something crazy yeah yeah like i think uh i would be a little upset if someone was giving me like a even an easter bunny pet that like laid eggs for easter or something like that just because it's like no that doesn't if you gave me a bunny that's fine but one that goes a little crazy to fit modern conceptions just doesn't do it for me especially in a a world that's so rich on lore i mean you have huge database websites designed for the lore of this game um it's it's near and dear to a lot of people's hearts so i'm glad they didn't go too crazy with it but um yeah they're pretty neat i yeah I, i think uh if i well if I had the crowns to get them, I may purchase them, but the only ones I'll probably end up purchasing are the battle, the Imperial ones, because I will actually use those. Uh, but if I have enough, um, I'm not buying anymore, but I, I have a fairly large stockpile. If I have enough, I may end up buying one or so of those polymorphs. Uh, they're also adding a lizard pet into the game. So, yay! <laughs> Woohoo! I guess if you like lizards, the Hellstrom uh ancestor lizard um so yeah that's kind of neat uh with that being said they are removing the daydrat pet and the mind shriven horse on november 2nd so the same time that all the halloween stuff is going away so too includes the stuff that came with the imperial city so if you don't have it you might want to grab it before it's gone um if that's your thing so um, any final thoughts on that before we uh, move on from it? I hate pets. Okay, you hate <laughs> pets. Okay, I, I like collecting pets, but I, I I still wish they were more in the game, not just Crown Store. But that's besides the point. I mean, they don't really take away. I just wish that they would kind of complement both. That way, I can feed my collector itch without requiring um, to you know put myself in the poorhouse to do it all right let's see here next up uh we have ah right before we move into our discussion topic we're actually going to talk about the new hashtag rebuild orsinium campaign that uh, the elder scrolls online has launched on twitter uh, if you haven't noticed recently they've been doing a lot of this hashtag rebuilding orsinium giving us little teaser screenshots and a little vine video uh, about orsinium so they seem to be starting the the promotion for Orsinium sooner than I thought, hence the title of this entire thing, Orktoberfest. Um, I like it. Orktoberfest. <laughs> I like Orktoberfest. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, what, are, what are you thinking, uh, Stellian? I was definitely surprised that they started. I mean, obviously not really giving us any real information, but... I was surprised they were already starting to say, hey, this is coming. Yeah, yeah, because even last episode we were talking about um, how we felt like there was probably going to be an absence of news with them shifting from a more of a every four weeks to a every three months, every quarter type thing. So I was always kind of guessing we'd see something along the lines of two months of nothing after after a patch came out are more like one month after the patch came out talking about hyping up for people 
in, on the live servers, the new the new DLC. Then the second month would be no news whatsoever. And then the last month would probably be a little bit of a, hey, guys, it's going on the PTS. Let's talk about it. But uh, they're starting a little early. So that's exciting. Maybe we'll maybe we'll actually see it on the PTS faster than we thought, which is always good. Yeah, when's it supposed to be actually come out? Is it end of November or was it? Uh, end of fourth quarter, so probably the end of December. Right, yeah. Yeah, we've got some time because it, it's quarterly, so we just got the end of quarter for the Imperial City, and now we're going to get um, this one coming out at the end of, of this quarter, or, yeah, the end of this quarter. But... Yeah. This Khajiit's driving me nuts. She needs to go. <laughs> ah, go away, Khajiit. I will throw bottles at you. Oh, man, Khajiit thieves everywhere. They just will not leave you alone. Um, so, yeah, that is definitely re- reassuring that they're starting a little sooner. Right now, it's just very tiny tidbits, such as I know they show us an orc looking at Orsinium. I'm guessing what we're seeing is... Um, uh, a preview of the new armor that's coming out, which will probably be the mercenary style. I'm guessing that's what we're looking at in the screenshot. Yeah, mercenary style. Mercenary. Mm, mercenary. Uh, hopefully they learn from the glass. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, they probably will, but unfortunately I don't think they're going to learn the way you're hoping. I think <laughs> the, uh, the, the giant paycheck they'll have got. Yeah. Got everything they need to know. Yeah, well, let's let's make this even more grindy and add it in. But that's that's for another show. We talked about that already, so we're just gonna hope that they do something different. All right, we're gonna go ahead and move into our discussion topic, which again is all about Orsinium, because we got quite a bit of data mined information. Hence why we're moving this into our discussion and not news because this stuff is always subject to change because when it's data mined, obviously things are not set in stone yet. They could come, they could go, they could be data mined way earlier than they were supposed to be released. They may not even come out with with, um, that particular DLC. Um. First off, let's go ahead and talk about what Orsinium was originally supposed to be. Um, they talk about adding um, the storyline about the great city, King Korag, in the great city of Orsinium. Uh, it will be level agnostic, so doesn't matter what level you are, you'll be able to do it. Um, they're adding, what is this? Oh my goodness. Oh, those dwarves. Uh, we'll just say there's a, a dwarven ruin that they're adding in as well as Old Orsinium, which is, I guess, assuming to be a uh, public dungeon, I believe. The Maelstrom Arena, and then the Realm of Orsinium, as they call it. So we're going to hit each one of those. Uh, first off, Orsinium. King Karag Cor- uh, has begun to rebuild the great city of Orsinium, the long-abandoned capital of the Orcs. The Orc leader has pledged to unite Orc clans under a single banner, but already there is whispered plots from those who would seize power for themselves. All right. The Orsinium DLC game pack contains the most new story content that ESOTU has ever released. Everyone can explore Orsinium regardless of level. So 
big PVE story type patch. Um, wh- what are your thoughts on this Estelian? Uh, I assume it's going to be max level based, and obviously people get sort of battle spirited up to the max level. And that's I, how they're doing it. Agnostic. Yeah, yeah they're Which... probably doing it like Imperial or not Imperial City, but uh, Cyrodiil. Like how yeah. as long as you're level 10, which I guess on this you could be any level. Um, but just judging by the place where we know Orsinium is, even if you started in D, um, even if you start in, in uh, Daggerfall, it's like a level 15 zone or something like that, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you might be able to walk to it and once you're there, you'll be fine. But mm, I don't know. But yeah, so I assume the most will be based on very high level. So that's good. I prefer that way compared to Guild Wars 2 kind of way of scaling you down everywhere you go. Oh, that, yeah. That annoys the hell out of me. So I'm glad they've decided to go for a scaling me- mechanic where those of you who are end game continue in that sort of power rather than get turned into a level 30 scrub or something and frustrate your way through an area. Right. So... uh rather grand sort of longest extra quest line or whatever it's like well to be fair you haven't added that much so far in terms of quest overall lower crag and upper crag weren't exactly full of quests and ic's got a little bit so it's a rather grand claim for essentially yeah put a few more quests in i will say that the imperial city the main quest line is actually really good if you pay attention to the story so like it's really good but like if you had a group to do it, it would take you maybe an hour if you sat down and did everything like the hardest parts are the two group events that you need to have people with in order to do it. Um, but even that, you know, a small four man group would be enough in most cases if they're good. Uh, the temple district fight is kind of difficult, but even so, it, it's doable. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I, I agree with you. I like the fact that they're scaling everything up because um, I, I like the idea of especially this. This works really well with the hopefully eventual removal of the champ or not champion points, the veteran points. Do you know what I mean? Because uh, by adding it the way that they've added it now, we should in theory, in theory, they're not, you know, doing that max level up. They're not sitting there going, oh, we're. Um, requiring we're raising veteran caps and stuff like that. No, they're just like, oh, it's level agnostic kind of deal. We'll just max you up to whatever the max level is. That makes it fairly simple when it comes time to, oh, we removed it. Now everyone's just level 50, right? Yeah, call me an optimist, but I'm expecting this to be the final DLC of vet ranks. Well, they did say that they're not raising it this patch. It's the season gear that's suggesting it to me, so... Everything stays the same and season gear gets introduced. That's kind of your big issue with vet ranks. So this is going to be the first set of season gear. As you say, it's level agnostic to an extent in terms of the zone. Mm-hmm. So you can sort of get away. And uh, so I think everyone in D would have their gear from Orsinium by the end of that one. So when the next DLC comes out, well, Orsinium is DLC gear one. It doesn't really matter when you've got that gear, what level you were. So screw it. Just say this is the gear and just knock off the vet ranks. Sure. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I do like that. That is something that I'm hoping. I didn't know, like, I know they talked about it. I didn't know, like, we'll get through this, but I didn't know they had actually confirmed it was going to be in this patch cycle. What, the, uh... The, what? yeah, the, um... I thought the season gear was... 
Uh, no, I seem to remember them talking about it, but I I couldn't remember if they had confirmed it being in this patch. Um, but we'll we'll let's let's move on and we'll go from there. Uh, next thing is the dwarven rune. Well, I'm gonna try to pronounce it, but Rakinda lift, Rakinda lift is what I'm gonna call it because it's kind of like our kinda left, our kinda left. That's what out at least written i'm um, sure they look in the welsh dictionary to come up with these names the dream of runes i you you think they do that i honestly yeah, think uh, they just throw a bunch of letters together and go that seems really good enough. well that is the welsh dictionary to be fair so okay sort of pick up those okay it definitely has that sort of random words think how the hell would you ever say that but yeah it probably means something so there's any welsh listeners out there you can tell us what it really means i'm sure it's in there somewhere in your dictionary nice uh i know i get a lot of crap from people because i i mispronounce things but i would and, and I take it in good stride. Um, but if anyone tries to correct me on, on Dwemer, I'm going to tell you to go, you know, fornicate with yourself because come on, come on guys. There's no way to pronounce the Dwemer things. I'll, I'll accept the chastisement for actual English words, but the, the Dwemer stuff, you got to give me a little bit of credit on these ones. Okay. Well, like, I don't think anyone can pronounce it correctly. Well, I was going to say the test will be surely to, uh, send an email into the lawmaster and have him yeah yeah pronounce each one on a on a on a, on a show or something on one of his shows oh yeah. a live show and have him pronounce go through each of the dreamer ruins and pronounce them how they're supposed to be pronounced yeah and then i will accept that if i mispronounce it off of what lawrence six says then yes i am incorrect i'm i'm fine with this all right so yes new dwemer ruin coming unearth the secrets of rekindleft that's what i'm gonna call it a dwarven rune trapped within a glacier that has long been the subject of whispered rumors tales told to for to frighten orc children gather a band of like-minded adventurers and overcome this public dungeons challenging group events and fearsome boss battles together um before now i'm assuming this is going to be in the orsinium zone and not just added to the random world but but let me let me pull up my map here because I'm actually in game in East March. There is a point of interest called the Giant's Heart. OK, just just a little bit to the southeast of. Um, oh, no, that, I'm at the wrong one. But yeah, uh, there's also another one called Ragnathar that it looks like it's built into a glacier. So I wonder if they're planning on adding it, if this is part of Orsinium or if they're going to add it into the world, because that would actually be kind of cool if they did that. No, nah, part of Orsinium. Public dungeon, they said. Yeah, it's a public dungeon. Yeah, well, there's already one in East March, so it'll, have to, it'll be a new one in, because there's one per zone, isn't there, the public dungeon? Yeah, yeah. So I don't see them surprising you with an extra one. Okay. I'll be interested to see if you really need to grab your friends, because I don't know about you, but I don't remember the last time I need to do any public dungeon with more than just being alone um if you were a healer or have healing abilities not not normally uh even the group event the group events sometimes can be difficult yeah the closest you might need is one other person for the group event yeah uh, i just got a fortified nurn crux Woo, me <laughs> yeah that's that's somewhere in the like 10 to 15k i like is it is it you sure i thought uh it's 20, still 20 in... gold now surely i wouldn't spend anything on it I'd rather uh, right now i'm doing um it's about 6.5k for the fortified norncrux 
Now the potent is probably still nice and pricey. Yeah, but I can still get somewhere in the 10 to 12 K just for research for people no, trying to research. Yeah. Like it's kind of worthless as an event now, but yeah, you're right. I forgot research research. I'm you still have to get people who can make it. And so I can kind of dictate a price on that and it still seems to be in the 10 K ish range. So oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's exciting. Um, so we have a public dungeon. That's kind of cool. Old Orsinium, plunge into the crumbling, abandoned depths of Old Orsinium, the ancient first location of the orc capital destroyed in the first era. Pass through three legendary gates, Smelter, Hammer, and Temper, descend into the Cave of Dark Abundance. Ooh. Why is there never a cave of, like, Fluffy Bunny? Ooh, and I just got a potent Urncrux. Um <laughs> That'd be a that'd be a freaky dungeon to go to the dungeon of Fluffy Bunny. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, oh, I just got another potent Urncrux. Oh my goodness! Um, wow, I'm for those who don't know, I'm actually in game at the moment doing my crafting writs, and I had those uh, those what are those those treasure maps for the the crafting? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, certificate things or whatever sets. So. Yeah, the yeah. So I, I'm getting those and and. Uh, I, I haven't done it in a few days. Like I've been just saving them up. So I have like six of them. So I'm like, eh, while I'm here, I'll just run around and, and uh, get them. And I've gotten like one fortified and two potent. So made a little bit of money off that. I'm liking that. Um, all right. Anyway, off of that and locate the sacred fire of Malakath that burns deep inside the temple of grudgment battle. Fierce new bosses collect untold riches and discover lost history of the first Orsinium. And it's in this sprawling public dungeon. Two public dungeons for one zone. Oh, that's different, right? Like that is different. I just, I just stood there and said you won't put it in East March because that'd be a second public dungeon. Now they finally said they're putting two in. So <laughs> who knows? Way to prove me wrong, Zoss. Yeah, it's Thanks going a lot. crazy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this is two in one zone. That is. Um, They've not done that before. Not saying it's a bad thing because public dungeons are more fun than normal and they generally do give greater experience. Um, Still not tons of experience, mind you, but far greater than what what others do. I don't know. Do they? I remember they doubled them. and I think I went from 20 experience for a mob to 40. It's like, well, what do you do? Um. They give all. They used to give the worst of experience by far. I know you kill a lot of mobs, of course, and that's that was the theory behind it. Per mob gives you very little, but you can kill a lot of them. Right. But I always seem, felt it seemed a bit stingy. I think a lot of the other issue is it's it's just like, it, while they're fun to do, the rewards aren't that great. Um, and that seems to be. And if you again listen to our crossover episode, it this is not news to us right it's a running theme yeah Yeah, where rewards in this game generally are kind of lackluster even even farming materials and breaking things down you know like you you get yourself a temper or something and you go oh it's a legendary mat but in the end it's really not that big of a deal right well it's even it's even worse for enchantments because when was that you know you don't find purple or gold enchantments to break down do you so it's like oh goody i'll break this for a few Oh yeah, piece. going up towards uh, one of those uh, red aspect runes. Go, all right, you know, kuta kuta kuta. Ah, ta ta. I don't. I oh, know. I just. I throw this in the way. Who uses ta? I don't even do that for my my oats. No, nope, you know? I don't either. Um, I I I'm, I don't even do because I I throw them away as well. I, I've got so many blues. I just don't need 
yeah. the whites and the greens should be removed from the game at this point. <laughs> I, I don't think they should be removed, but Zoss, maybe something you should consider is adding in a recipe that allows people to take the lower level ones and convert them to higher. Even if it's like a hundred ta for one green, I mean, no one's going to yeah. use the ta's, and eventually you'd have enough to make even, decent runes. Even that, because they say, you know, you're running around cracked on the web. <laughs> you, you're obviously high enough level that you're getting to the big, the more dangerous places. You shouldn't be getting a white thing that you don't even use in your level 10. It's like, seriously, why, why? It's not even worth bending down to pick this up. Poor enchanting. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, I don't know. It, yeah, I'm actually pulling up an aspect rune right now and a ta. Great. <laughs> yeah, they need to add some sort of upgrade mechanic just for these things. Just because then it's the same thing with uh, some of the other, like the green and blue mats. Um, I have like six stacks of honing stones and they sell for like 10 gold. So it's not even worth throwing them up on a trigger because people are like, why bother? Yeah, no, once I get to 200, I, I destroy them. Right. Just don't, don't waste my time with them anymore. They're not worth anything. I don't need them for anything. They just take up space. Yeah. It would be can nice. I them fast and I can get rid of them. Right. Right. Okay. Let's. Uh, so, two public dungeons in Orsinium so far. That's, that's actually really exciting. Just because we've not had that in another zone. So, it's different. Different. I like it. All right, next up, the Maelstrom Arena. Test your might against fearsome enemies. Um, imagine... Oh, how did they write that? That's just so weird. Um, oh, test your might against the fiercest enemies imaginable as you and you alone fight for your very life. Earn prestige with the leaderboard rankings to be rewarded with some of the most powerful weapons that can be won. The Maelstrom Arena features nine combat rings and two different difficulty levels. A solo arena similar to Dragonstar. Yes. Um, <sighs> um, I don't mind it so much. Uh, I, I like that it can be solo and it's neat that they're adding it but i really hope they go back and revisit dragon star and at least up the rewards because that's kind of been an issue with this most recent patch like i had a group who was actively trying to beat it and and get stuff but no one even wants to do it anymore because the weapons that you get out of it aren't good anymore because they're they don't scale to vr16 yeah um so, like, if they offered the same rewards out of the solo one as they do in the Dragon Star, well, or, that that's the problem, isn't it? We discussed this just a few weeks ago when someone's wanting to get the solo dungeons to get the same gear, mm. and now they've gone and put a solo bloody arena in, and people even said, "I wonder what's going to be." Maybe VR sixteen versions of the master weapons. It's like great, so you can do a solo version of the arena to get yourself the best weapons in the game, but you, the, the group version doesn't give you. a let yes. let me let me let me rephrase that. Let let me let me analyze this. I'm okay if they do that. Only if they up the drop rates on master weapons from the four man group. Like it should be like a five percent chance to get a master weapon off the solo, but it should be like a fifteen or twenty off of the four man group, right? So then it, people going. Well, if I do it with friends, there's an actual higher chance I'll get 
get it. But then again, if your friends aren't on, you can then go, well, I don't need my friends on right now. I'll just do the solo a couple times and and see if I get lucky. But that's assuming that the Dragon Star Arena one will buff up to VR16, oh, doesn't it, at the moment? Does yeah, it? no, that's a that's a big assumption. And that's the yeah. only way I'd be okay with this. And some people, you know, like are fine with it. And I don't mind solo content, but it, it's as an MMO there should be incentives to group up. Even if it's the same rewards, I'm fine with it being the same rewards as long as the amount of effort put into it is actually worth worth that. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, with the higher drop chance, you'd be like, well, if I have a group of three friends who are on and can do it, why not take the 20% drop chance rather than the 5% it is in solo? But then if I log on, no one's on. I can just, you know, hop on it and do it. I'm sort of okay with that. Yeah, I mean, as you know, I'm an anti-soloer. Sorry, I know it's yeah. really unpopular, especially for an Elder Scrolls game. But I am actually perfectly happy because this game has already been designed for sort of soloing throughout. I'm absolutely fine with the idea of this arena because it finally gives soloers an end game. Sure. And I'm, I'm all for that, giving them an end game. Everyone should have an end game, you know. Crafters have lost one, so does getting one. So you know, <laughs> yeah, I guess it's all balances. But you know, so so I'm fine with that. It's just as I say, if Dungeons Dragon Star Arena, which also needs a revamp, in order to stop you being able to kill everything before it comes out of a portal. But if that one's stuck at VR 14, I'm not so happy. I want that to be boosted up to VR 16. I want you to be able to get the VR 16 stuff from the group stuff. And as you say, the solo one is something for you to do on your own, fight through. And you might get a chance. So it gives a chance for those who are soloers to get a master weapon, albeit sure. at a slightly, slightly lower rate. Of but it. then again, you're saving time. It's like with the solo one, as long as the rewards for Dragon Star and this like would be the same if that's what they're adding. Uh, again, this is not confirmed, so no one go, oh, they're upping Dragon Star. We're just we're just talking here because this is all kind of unconfirmed. Uh, other than you know this being out, it's just data mined. I would be fine with this. Like you said, if if you're a solo player and just don't have those friends, you can try it um, and you might get lucky. You know, oh, it's a 5% chance. But then the people who are like, well, I have friends, you know, let's do it on the more quote unquote difficult because, you know, dealing with people tends to be di- causing difficulty in some cases um, or can be, especially if the group is not cohesive that there's a higher drop chance because it's like, well, you took the time to get the extra people. So you get a higher drop chance. Um, yeah. And, and that seems fine with me because then it's Estelle and you log in, wanted, wanted to do it, but Oh, you guys two of your people didn't show up. And it's like, well, I don't want to go through veteran dragon star arena without our healer and our tank. Forget that. Well, then we instead of saying the night's over, let's just run the solo one by ourselves a few times, and maybe I'll get lucky. Yeah, you can. You can if you do have like a friend, you compete against each other racing through or something. So, you know, it could be good fun. Yeah. So I'm all for that, and I say as long as there's some sort of you know case, they can have a slightly less drop chance. Or what I'd rather have would be in the four man group until you leave the, the damn arena, the loot you get is tradable. Mm. So technically, you've got a chance where. Two people, but you you got a better chance of getting the weapon you want because you can trade between each other. So at that point, I'd be happy for the drop rates to be the same in both dungeons. It's just on the group one, you've got to be able to trade with your friends to make sure each of you gets sort of the weapon you were after type thing. Which is a possible one in four chance. Like if I get a uh, a master healing staff, I'm not going to use it, 
But if my healer gets a, you know, the master great sword, I'd be like, you want to trade? <laughs> exactly. And to me, that'd be like the perfect kind of, you know, that that's, that's where you've got a group to help each other out, to work together. And now you can actually work together saying, well, we've done this together. I got a crap item I don't want, but you need it. So here you go. Because when I went with my friends, that's what we did with the rings. It's like, oh, well, I don't need this healer ring. Oh, but you're a healer. Hey, congratulations. Here's a, here's a healer ring. You know, we were trade that. But once you've got the actual decent loot at the end, it's like, oh, crap, I got the bow. And some guy's like, oh, I love the bow. It's like, oh, well, sorry, mate. I'm going to trash this for a purple bloody temper. Yeah. That's sort of what happened. What was it? What were we doing? We were running with somebody who was dual wield uh, and they got the master great sword and I got a bow or something like that. I'm like, I'm never going to use this. And they're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got what I wanted. They got what I needed. And it's just like, well, we're kind of SOL right now. Yeah. So that's another thing. Actually, funny enough doing the group one is even more frustrating because you're actually there and your friends end up getting what you wanted so if you could trade it off i'd be much happier and then if you can just sort of solo one as well you could get any of the items and but at least you can get a master weapon or whatever so you know there'd be benefit of doing it with a group i'd always go for the group one if i could because then as you say you know as i say i can then swap my weapons out so there's a good chance one of us will get what we're looking for mm -hmm. um, but if no one's around i'll just pop in and do the solo one and that to me would work pretty well. I'd, I'd be happy that as, as a group man, I'd be happy with the solos having their end game. Sure. Thing and getting a good chance of getting a weapon out there, which and you used could, to be exclusive to groupers. Yeah. And you could farm solo while you were waiting for your group to come on, you know, like you get off and they're like, oh, we're going to join you at eight at six o'clock. You're like, well, I could run the solo one once or twice. And while I'm yeah. waiting and maybe get lucky. Yeah. Exactly. No. I'm I'm hoping they do that. So Zoss, if you still do listen, <laughs> um, that might be something to do. Upping those tables and see again, we're just assuming that master weapons are coming out of this. We don't know. It could be something different, but it would still be great that no matter what they add in the solo arena, they add back into Dragon Star and re up Dragon Star to make it worthwhile again. Yeah, because. Yeah, this is worthless at the moment. And as I yeah. say, it's, it'll it'll bother me if if soloing gives you some of the best loot in the game, where the group version doesn't. That just get on my nerves. Yeah, because right now there's no reason to do it at all, other than if you haven't done it for the achievements. Because even the loot you get out of it's capped at VR14, so it's not like you're even getting blues and greens that you can break down for the VR15, 16 materials. So it's kind of like yeah. if you're not doing it to get people through it, you know, I mean quote unquote the fun of it could be its own reward but i mean let's let's face it modern games are not that way people are all all about what what i get out of this and people are not going to get much out of it if um if <laughs> as of right now because there's really nothing to get out of it yeah i mean the fun of it works for a while you know at the end of the day yeah. people just enjoy running things it's great but you know it's never know you're going to run something a lot of times so if suddenly you've lost, you know, after a while, it's going to get boring unless you've got an incentive to keep going. Mm -hmm. it, Whether it, it's you know. improving your character or getting something you can sell to make money. Otherwise, it's like I've run this dungeon a hundred times. I, I, I'm not getting anything to advance my character either financially or uh, through power improvement. And I just got another fortified Nurncrux. Woot! <laughs> Man, lucky day. On fire today. I know. I'm all excited. So I got two fortified Nurncrux and two potent ones. So I'm going to be making some stuff to to sell. 
So I still actually have two more things I gotta run and get. So excited! It would also be a waste of content because the Dragon's Tower Arena was a great. It it is, and at that so. point, then then they would have. If you think about it, then they have something that would be considered endgame if they would do the same thing for I don't know trials. Well, even you, if they don't, you've got a new trial coming out at least. So you'll have a new endgame for trials. You'd have the Soto one, and you could have the DSA up, updated. Mm-hmm. As I say, they they need to fix it so you can't kill everything in the damn portals because that's kind of ruined DSA yeah. for the for the hardcores, obviously, because they just run through and massacre it all. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so they need to get rid of that. But yeah, I mean, then you've got something for everyone except drafters. But yeah. Yeah, well. Yeah. Not everyone could be happy. Yeah, I know, right? Got to screw somebody, right? Um. Yeah, no, because then you'd have your solo arena, which would be considered endgame for solo players. You'd have your vet dungeons and your vet DSA for the four-man small groups, and then trials for the bigger, if they, you know, scaled them up and did all that. So, thoughts, thoughts, good thoughts. A happy time, yeah. It could be. It could go go from what at the moment where the big problem is, as I mentioned on the Friday show, that there is no end game really for anyone at the moment and it's a yeah. bad place to be and then suddenly in, in the space of one dlc they could turn around and go ha, screw you now there's something for everyone yes yeah, i'll have to that. eat a shoe <laughs> yeah first they put two public dungeons in to get me wrong there and now they're uh, suddenly making end game for everyone yeah exactly so no i i i agree it's just uh it's a it's a good thing to do um but they they need to take that solo arena, which I'm excited for because, you know, I, I when I log on, if no one's in the in the guild, which unfortunately, uh, I know Estelle, you and I are both facing that. I know the Elder Scrolls off the record people are facing that. And that was a big subject of our crossover episode. The honest looked at ESO is that people just aren't playing anymore due to some of the design decisions that Zoss has made recently. Um, not just saying it's just because of the design decisions that's awesome. Like I know a lot of us are angry about the, the crown store, but some of, some people didn't even care about that. They just realized that there's nothing to do. There's nothing to do. Yeah. Crown store updates come out every week and whether or not they're, you know, or every month, I'll give them that it, whether or not that's actually part of it or not. Some people are like, they normally have different groups. That's true. But when people only see crown store updates and no real content, um, people get bored, especially some of my raiding friends who were in here going, um, playing to, to do the raid content. They're like, yeah, we've had the exact same trials since 1.2, uh, or 1.3 or whatever. Um, it's just like, we don't have anything else. I've, I can only run hell raw, you know, and, and, this and this, uh, archive and serpent trial. We've done them all. Even my raid group right now, the, the the guild that I'm in that does the raiding, before update 16 came out, I would log on and they actually had weekly runs to do hard modes and stuff like that. I don't even see that anymore because well, there's no reason to do it. At least we've before. got ourselves up to two a week. We know, and we're on raiding guild. We were at twice a week. Just, yeah, you know, it's fun. Now nothing. It's yeah. like. You know, we did, we did the normal version. We didn't even get around to the hard ones. We're like, well, and again, it's like, well, we've we've kind of completed it, so we're happy because we've done done the raid. And the hard right. mode, unless we're actually going to go for a leaderboard, which we're never going to do, isn't that important. We would have liked to have done it at one point, but again, without any gear to sort of say, hey, if if you push it and really work and get hard mode, there's this. It's like, well, the gear's all crap anyway. So, 
we're right. like, well, we've done it all, and and then oh, nothing's then no, nothing was coming out for the IC um, DLC, of course, and people weren't that interested in waiting around for the Orsinium one because um, it was too long away. So just sort of the raiders, as it were, just sort of disappeared from the guild. Yeah, no, it's that's what we're kind of seeing uh, a lot of the way is people just up and disappearing because of lack of content. And I mean, Imperial City was fun, but it is a PvP one. And I'm not not going against PvPers or anything like that because it was needed. Okay, but I think what a lot of the issue is is the PvP side still had that same eight month drought. And unlike PvPers who make their own end game through you know doing the PvP, um, people running the same trials for eight months was just kind of like yeah. I mean it. Look at World of Warcraft that has millions of players when they get into that final um, that final update or whatever, and they're stuck on it for <clears throat> eight months a year. What happens to their sub numbers? Huge drop off. Now people come back when new expansions come out, but people go, there's nothing to raid. We've cleared it. We're done. And they log off and, and they're like, why pay or do anything like that? We're not buying crowns. We're not paying our sub anymore because why do it if we don't play the game? Um, but yeah, even our guild has been that way where... Um, we have very dedicated listeners, but with lack of content, things to do, we try to get people to run pledges and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, some people are just burned out because it's the same pledges all the time. Oh, or it's, it's the same problem there, isn't it? If you've already got the helmets, you yeah. don't need the gold keys. You've got, there's no gear to get out of them. There's, the experience is god awful from them. So it's like, uh, mm-hmm. you do it. You know, I, I, we found ourselves think we got a bit of burnout. We're running things like pledges for the sake of doing it for other people. You know, that, yeah. that's pretty much the reason to do them. And even then, it gets sort of it burns you out. You're like, oh, okay, well, let's go do this dungeon again and run through. Yes, yeah. boring. It does. It, it 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 does. It burns you out when you've done the same dungeon and you're not getting anything out of it because, like you said, monster helms. But after you have your monster helm, it's kind of like, yep done i don't need anything else and um, And if you're only on for an evening it's like oh i could have gained a champ point or something but instead you went and ran a dungeon to help someone out so you've literally screwed yourself out of actually enhancing your character over the night by doing some good extra experience yeah because we all know that the dungeons don't give really enough experience to get champ points in most cases so yeah i mean even with the daily it's it's awful so what is it if you've got enlightened, it might give you forty thousand as the daily experience or something with the quests. Yeah, know. yeah, forty. Yeah, but like and you said, that's, that, that's with enlightenment. Yeah, that barely that barely touches, you know, and it, it's just more advantageous to go out and grind delves or in Cyrodiil or public dungeons and Imperial City st- sewer runs. There's things you can do that are just more beneficial in tons of ways, including even just questing on an alt. Yeah, a bunch of different stuff that's just more beneficial. Now, again, we we talked about this on the crossover, and neither one, Estelian or I, will say that the dungeons are bad. They are some of the best content story-wise and design-wise I've played in an MMO. Um, Like, the story is fantastic. Mechanics in most fights are incredibly fun. Um, But... You know, when you're stuck with the same dungeons all the time, then it, it tends to be a problem. And because they don't have veteran dungeons of everything yet, um, it, it 
I think I made this comment. I pretty much only feel like I ever see Fungal Grotto or uh, what's the other one? Fungal Grotto and no Elden Hollow. Elden Hollow. Because I don't do it every day, but every day that I go to do it, it seems to be either one of those two. It's like I've seen Elden Hollow and and uh, Fungal Grotto so many times. I'm just like, oh, I was yeah. going to say everyone, everyone in the EU it always seems to be Spindle Clutch and uh, Wayrest. OK, are the two I seem to uh, again, I don't do it every day either. But whenever I pick it up, it's, oh, it's, like... <laughs> it's like you would think with the amount of dungeons that have vet modes, the odds of me getting this every time would would not be as high as it seems to be. But uh, it is what it is, I guess. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they they change that around and because there are so many good dungeons. There's a dungeon in every zone, I think. And they don't all have veteran modes yet, but once they do, mixing it up a little bit would be pretty nice. And we were talking about adding um, a type of token system or something like a, a reason to run dungeons more often. Whether it be I know like, it's going to be unpopular, though. People are scared of the idea of the token system I know, going that sort of I know. The proper gig. But well, you do sort of think. Uh, you kind of roboted on me there, sir. You're you're still still roboting. I'm, I'm sorry, sir. You're just roboted up the butt. Uh, uh still a little roboty. I don't know if it's me. My it's crashing out on me. Oh, there you go. I cleaned up. <laughs> yeah, that's because I've just closed down here. So there we are. Okay, should be better. Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're good now. Yeah, so people are against the the, the gear grind, but you know they've tried another way. It's not working yeah. all that well. well look, clearly, World of Warcraft removed it in Warlords because everyone was saying, "I don't want to have to log on and cap my valor. This is stupid." So they removed it as a highlight of that expansion. Do you know what that resulted in? People not doing dungeons because there was not a reward. <laughs> ah, still robotty, sir. Oh, wow. Um, wow, still so robotty. That's crazy. Um, hmm. Well, while we, I'm waiting for Esteldine to get himself together here, I'm going to talk about the last section here before we get into the other the other part. And that included the realm of Orsinium is what they're talking about, which is the zone itself. High in the rugged Rothgar Mountains, the orcs of northern Tamriel gather to rebuild their ancient capital of Orsinium. Time and again, it has been sacked and destroyed, but this proud Orsimer never give up. Come visit the realm of the orcs, unseen in the Elder Scrolls series since Elder Scrolls Daggerfall in 1996. Uh, that's To me, that's exciting because we're getting to see areas that we have not seen. A lot of areas like the Somerset Isles... Um, were places you didn't see since like arena. Like it just, you didn't see them. And then it was in that awesome eight bit glory. Uh, so seeing them realized in a more modern type setting was really, really exciting. So it's nice to see that that's going to be coming back. And we're going to get to see the vision of elder scrolls on a more wide scale, um, and more updated model than eight bit characters. Um, at least that's what what I'm looking forward to actually seeing. Okay, we're back. Uh, Esteldian, you were talking about uh, dungeons. Yeah, so obviously the dungeons at the moment just don't have the loot going for them. Although, obviously, IC came along 
And oh my God, I've just picked up your habit of saying obviously all the time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, obviously. For people playing uh, the drinking game, you guys are wasted. Yeah, getting double whammied now. Uh, yeah, they have added the willpower rings and the agility rings and the endurance ones to the dungeon. So actually, at least there is something you can do by rerunning the vet, vet ones and actually having an exciting moment of maybe, fingers crossed, getting some loot. Although Lady Luck being the fickle bitch she is, she teased me the other day because I got both the willpower ring, which is arcane traded, and the heavy armor Malabeth um, helm infused. But I was on my VR9 alt. Oh. So like, oh, I never had this kind of stuff happen on my main, does it? Oh, no, not on max level, but on <sighs> some crappy VR9. Like, what a waste. I, I, oh. I did that, too, where I think I got, like, a perfect set because um, I was doing it on my VR2 to help people in our pledge night. And I got medium armor, Moleg Kenna, Divine's trait, VR2. I about flipped oh. my desk. <laughs> I, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Cause I'm right now walking around on a light armor with a impenetrable trait on, on my VR 14 or 16. Um, which is, is just crap because it's not at all what I need for my final set, but I get the perfect piece armor type, perfect trait, but it's on my VR too. And yeah, what's what's worse? I wasn't even looking for the loot, so you know, I was just spamming the loot button, like, yeah, yeah, whatever, get all. It's only after the dungeon I'm sat there with my inventory, go, oh, I got a willpower ring, I didn't even realize these dropped in the dungeon. So, oh, would you believe I got the bloody helmet as well? It's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. Oh, yeah, they see, I think a lot of stuff that they need to do for dungeons and stuff like that are add in things that are not even just gear related. It would be great if they added in mini pets uh, that are like a super low drop chance, like a 1% drop chance off the final boss or something. Um, and that they're not bound and sellable because that was a major market in in, in Warcraft, right? Like vanity items um, are co- if they ever release costume pieces, you know, like where you could do each set, it would be awesome if you could get like elegant nobles dress or something like that that you can steal but have these unique consume, you know, these items that don't really go for combat, but have a, a, an inherently high market value just because of what they are so that there's reasons for people going, well, I don't really need the gear anymore, but if there's a chance I get a mini pet or that costume piece that s- sells for crap tons of money, it's it's well enough reason for me to to do it because if i get it i made myself 100k from some rp or who wants to have like um you know like a noble dress and like a tiara right like because an rp would pay out the bum for that especially if it was like a 0.01 percent drop chance off final bosses in dungeons you know someone gets that and they're like oh my goodness i need that for my character they will they will pay because it's you know that's how you get it and that's that was always a market in other games but the problem is with how ESO just kind of focuses on the crown store and not really adding anything into the game that are non-gear related there's not a lot for people to go after so yes that's from I mean I'd, I'd like them to have special stones that drop that you can use for uh, crafters to be able to change traits on items Oh yeah, that would be. But it would require like a max crafter to use. Yeah, like yeah. A, a rare stone that goes. 
this allows you to remove a, a trait slot off of gear. Oh my goodness. But it's like a 1% drop chance out of dungeons and then you have to have like maxed out skill to get it. That would be great for crafters. Cause then it'd be like, yeah, yeah. I need someone who has this stone and crafters. Like I got one. I'll sell it to you for a hundred K. I would spend a hundred K if I had a mole egg can a piece with like, that was perfect. But oh, I exactly. Need... It's big money. And more importantly, it moves crafters into the end game. Yeah. Because it's just, it's, this makes sense. I mean, I don't understand why Zoss has been so stubborn against this idea. We've talked, I've mentioned it many times. Other people have as well. It's like, why don't you let us change traits with crafting? And they're like, oh, no, no, no. And what have they done instead? They've just reduced the number of traits that might be on an item. It's like, well, you know it's a problem. You know your traits suck. Why don't you do this to let the crafters become a very relevant part of the end game? Yeah. Rather than shove to the side. It's an easy win-win. You know, Final Fantasy XIV has it when you can add gems to raid mm-hmm. loot or whatever. So crafters, don't. you don't need to compete then between what crafters can make and what adventurers can find. Instead, they work together to get you a better item. Yeah, that's that's how you get crafting to be relevant in the game. Sure. And so I just don't understand why they haven't done that. And as, as I say, you know, add them onto end bosses in raids or dungeons. And suddenly, again, there's a reason why you might farm the hell out of a dungeon just to try and get some of these stone stock piled up. Because mm-hmm. even when the game came out, they talked about how crafters would be relevant. Like, yeah, I will give you this. Crafters are relevant to a certain extent, but not not pure crafters, because Let's face it. I'm a I'm a nine of nine crafter. How many people actually want the nine of nine sets? Like nobody. Just All, me. Yeah, there's a few random people, but most builds. Let's let's face it. The best gear from crafted are like four traits and below, like Hunding's Rage or Magus and and stuff like that. That just you know anyone can do in theory. It's it, so the people who dedicate the time to research the traits and stuff like that don't have anything but what if you needed to be a nine of nine traded crafter in order to use that item you all of a sudden those people who've dedicated tons of time into their crafters all of a sudden become relevant because they even talked about how crafters would be relevant in this game to the point where people would make names for themselves on the server at first i thought it was going to be with the crafting styles right like before they added into the crown store it's like oh look at you you have uh all of glass well yes can you make me something i want glass um but now it, it that's kind of a joke but being able to an adventure bring you this i don't know whatever you want to call it that allows you to change a trait but requires a you know an eight of eight or nine of nine crafter uh to to do it for that item piece you then just made a market for that crafter going yeah i'll do it um and people would be like well yeah you know they could charge and be like i i want 50k to do it with your mats because if you don't like it, find someone else who spent the last six months doing this, right? Yeah, I mean, if you got and if you got items being random, people, especially the the end gamers who care about the tiny difference between it being divines or infused or whatever, more often than not, they're leadable guys, and therefore they've got a fortune of cash anyway. Because for Dragonstar Arena, they were selling the gold jewelry for hundreds of thousands of gold each, and every week they'd get the new items and sell themselves. So they have an absolute fortune, and they might not have the patience to farm forever to get every single shoulder which is what they do at the moment but they'd probably rather not and if it meant paying 200k to a, a crafter saying here's 200,000 here's a stone turn my shoulders into divines for me they do it in a heartbeat oh absolutely they'd do it in a heartbeat because to some of them 200k you know from their adventures is worth the time than farming and hoping to get the right thing you know it's like hey is it 200k to do this or 
you know, or I could potentially farm and run these dungeons and hope I get the perfect trait. No, they'd farm the gold and go, here you go, crafter, do this for me. And you've got yourself a viable market for crafters. Yeah, big time. I mean, one of the guildies I've got is a, uh, he's an end gamer with, with a high end guild. They're always on the leaderboards and he, he's, he's poor now, but he spent millions of gold in the game. Absolutely millions. All the warlock pieces, he bought the jewelry for that for about three different characters, you know, because he, yeah. they make enough money to do that. So, you know, the choice between running Dungeons and to get that piece or getting another ult through Dragonstar Arena to be on the leaderboard to get an item they can sell for like half a million gold. Or they could, obviously not anymore because it's, it's redundant. But yeah. yeah, so he'd make the money much quicker by not having to farm the shoulders and then just pay someone else to do it so again it brings up the economy makes the crafters have something to go for they become relevant you do a raid you get an item mm -hmm. it's like great hi can you change this i've got impenetrable on this raid item they, and could, they can turn around and say sure they could also do it for uh legendarying items for like the jewelry sets that come in purple only get this yep. super rare drop that this this crafter needs to be a you know a max crafter and all you know you could make it so it's something difficult that only a small amount of people can do they have to get the item and go all right i got this purple piece of jewelry um and i'm not willing to do the pvp where they you know because the legendary stuff drops out of the pvp if you're in the top like one percent or something like that but it's like yeah. i got this item it's super rare i just need a crafter who's you know max crafter in this to be able to use this you know, and there you go. You got yourself another market. Yeah, exactly. There's so much they can do with crafting without stuff. The minute they said, oh, craft is going to be relevant. When they said it was just going to be by making gear, I thought that's never going to work. I've seen MMO after MMO after MMO try this. It doesn't work because either the crafting gear is awesome and therefore there's no point in adventuring. And therefore there's no point in having crafted gear because it all just cycles around. What's the point? Or the drop gear is amazing and crafting gear can't compete. That's, that's the two areas. You can't have it both ways. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why this game struggles at the moment some crafting stuff is the best and frankly adventuring is lackluster at the moment and it's only going to change as adventuring drop stuff gets more and more impressive and crafting gets left further behind so you need something to keep crafting worthwhile Yep. and that's the easiest way is to enhance drops rather than try and go against them I agree with that completely absolutely All right. and again give you something to do in a dungeon exactly yeah, <laughs> exact, yeah a chance to get <laughs> chance to get that item that at the very least even if you're not interested in it you can then sell it on the market board or something and someone will buy it from you it's a item that is in high demand that is not not bound and is you know advent adventures are needed to find it crafters are needed to utilize it and Right there, you've got yourself an economy where everyone benefits just because, you know, you you may not care about crafting. OK, you have you got lucky and got all the best gear. So what do you care? Well, I'm sure you need money. So sell it to somebody who goes, I'm I don't want to farm and let me get this. But. ooh, man, that's a nice haul, about 40K. I like it. I like it a lot. All right. That's uh that's about it for our discussion. Oh no, no, no it's not actually because there is one more thing that was leaked uh on ESO live that Orsinium contains the arena called Maelstrom Arena um and that we talked about that that's going to be a solo arena um so which is pretty neat. So then we'll have a group PvE arena for Dragonstar, um a PvP PvE battle royale in the Imperial City Arena district cuz that's both a, you know, everything. 
Um, and then also we've got the solo PvP. But then they also mentioned the new trial, the Mall of Lorcage, will be also making an appearance in Orsinium. They showed us kind of like a screenshot. Um, it, it, it's interesting because, oops, I'm about knocked over my drink again. My goodness, I got issues. These cats. Um, for those who don't know, Lorcage is the, which is kind of funny that they added it in here because Lorcage is the name of Lorcon from the Khajiit. So I don't know why, unless it's, unless it doesn't take place in Orsinium or, you know, maybe it's a Daedric realm or something. I don't know, I don't know. but uh, new trials coming and that's always exciting, right? Definitely. That's a good thing. A bit late for me, but it's a good thing. Nope. Yeah. These Khajiit just will not give up. I'm always big on trials as long as they make them relevant. I would love to see them go back and revamp all the trials because let's face it, in other games, there was a natural progression that you just moved past. But then again, it often took people weeks and weeks to actually down the stuff. These trials are meant to be able to do in a sitting. There's no raid lockouts, nothing like that. So it makes it very difficult to... Um, make lasting raid content without making it repetitive unless you vary it up by you know adding the rewards into all the dungeons or mixing them up a little bit adding new rewards to old dungeons and leveling them up and then being able to do okay I you know bring some life into it it's like oh I haven't done Altherian Archive in, in months let's let's do it right um, but I don't, I don't know if they'll they'll actually do that uh, well, assuming they're not going to have a trial out for the DLC after this one, and probably not the one after that, I would hope they're at least going to put the other ones up to VR16 in the in the lull, as it were. Right. Because I'm going to guess this trial is going to be all there is for a while. So make the most of it. And then if one of the other DLCs is, say, doesn't get to say, hey, we've got another trial, they can at least say, hey, we've revamped the old ones, put some actual decent loot in them and made them VR16, so now you've got four trials to play around with. Right. That, that might make people bother putting groups together, because as I was saying earlier, off off the show, my guild isn't there anymore for raiding. We've fallen apart, really, because there wasn't anything to raid. So, a new trial, I doubt, I, couldn't see, I can't see myself rebuilding just to do that one trial, but then, as I say, if the others get done, up by the next DLC as well, so you've got four trials to play around with, all with relevant loot, all worth doing. It might be worth trying to focus on building up for that again. Right. Yeah, I know that was kind of our issue as well, because we were, uh, as a guild, looking at doing a type of trial night. We were trying to get it together and and whatnot, but eventually people just weren't interested in doing the old trials, and with no new trials in the wake so to speak people were just like mm, it, no it never got off the ground and now even some of the people who were originally trying to get the group together don't even play anymore you know they're in that stage like i still talk to them they still you know listen to the show they still do stuff like that but they're in that stage where they're playing other games they just they're like maybe when orsinium comes out we'll be back kind of deal good but that's that's kind of how people are treating this they're not in it every day because the the type of game that is here just is not is not does not have that 
staying power, which is disappointing because I still try to log in every day, which I do. Um, uh, I've been taking a break recently only because of the controversy with the glass and I was getting myself so angry that I'm like, eh, I should just take a break. So I've been trying to play The Witcher 3, um, you know, just 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 as a minor brand, I'm like, I'll just beat Witcher 3 and then I'll come back and, and be back hardcore into ESO again because I don't, I'm not playing any other games um, other than that. But I just needed a break to get away from the, the, the drama that was the glass. And um, so that's kind of what I'm doing. But even so, when I log in, uh, you know, we have quite a few friends all across the place, but not real. I can't say that even a lot of my friends that are playing now we all have a varying degree of time to play as well as what we like to do when we play. So the type of gameplay that I like to do is just not very popular in this game and no one's doing it anymore. And even when we try to do other events, people are just like, it's just easier to solo do my own kind of thing. Um, that, doing group events in the guild is sometimes depressing just because it's like you go to do an event and no one shows up not because you know they don't like you it's just they're not playing the game or they're just didn't log on that night to even realize there's an event going on because there's nothing for them to do or uh, worse because you get so used to soloing that suddenly grouping feels like an inconvenience which is the worst Thing that ever happened to MMOs is we think, oh, I can't really bother to group. I'm, I'm just going to carry on dilly dallying with what I've done. And even I'm guilty of that. And I'm a swarm by, I love grouping type guy. And I've sat there going, oh, actually, I'm kind of comfy moseying on the sort of quest line. So, nah, sorry, guys, I'm not up for it tonight. Sure. And it's like, oh, dear, oh, dear. It's just terrible. It, it is because it, it does. The problem, solo, not saying anything against solars because solars, if, if that's your thing, that's great. Um, but you're kind of a self sustaining beast at that point. Um, are you don't play games as long and that's just the way that you're a type of gamer you are you play for a few months you do everything you need solo and then you're done there's not really a drive until there's a new quest line um but for those of us who really do like the the dungeons and stuff like that and and the group content and um i miss the days of mmos were my socialization like i would log on to them and this is nothing against ESO. This is actually just kind of an ag rant about MMOs in general. The ESO is not uh, exempt from this, but it it's all modern games, it seems. Yeah, it's not specifically guilty of it any yeah. more than any other game. Yeah, no. In fact, actually, some of the stuff they do, it, it, like just because of the world and stuff, I find myself logging in anyway um, just because of how it's designed and things like that. So no, this is not a, a rant against Zoss or anything. It's just gaming in general. Um, early on in, in World of Warcraft days, that was my socialization. Um, because I would log on. I could expect all my friends to log on every single day because we would have things to do. Even if it was kind of grindy, just like maxing out your 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 PvP points or your dungeon points, I would log on after work and always see people on. Um, but that's kind of not been the case. Like I'm looking through my guild roster right now and we have quite a few people who have been on in the past couple hours. But as I'm scrolling down, I'm seeing people who have not been on in days. You know, like in in other in other in other times long ago it was out it was measured in hours not days like you're like oh 
he, he, you know, he's offline. Well, yeah, he's out to dinner. He'll be back in an hour or he's asleep. He'll be back tomorrow morning or, or something along those lines. But now it's, oh, they played this week. We'll see him next Tuesday for pledge night, or we'll see him next Thursday for Imperial city. Um, that it's, it's just kind of the death of socialization in MMOs, which is, is really sad. Oh, in the old days, someone gone for three days. Like, oh, I hope he's okay. Is oh, he yeah. Accident? Is he gone? Maybe. Is he dead? Anyone got his number? Someone can send him a text to find out what's happening? Oh, yeah. No, I've had that. Ha- yeah, we've done that in groups before. If someone wasn't on for several days, we're like, oh, my goodness, what happened? They're not on. It was a it was a, a term of concern. We're like, oh, my goodness, I think he might have died. <laughs> um, Yeah, now it's like people aren't on for months at a time. It's like, yeah, they'll probably be back next patch or something like that. And it's just depressing and I don't want to see that happen to ESO. Um, I, I don't think it could change cause it's just the way gamers are nowadays and you can call me old. I'm really not that old, but I'm an old gamer in that regard. Cause I've been around since well, Ultimate online really. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not a new MMO or I've been playing MMOs for like over a decade and I'm actually closer to 15, 15 years or so. Um, and you can just see how the social dynamic changes and it's, it's depressing as a game and nothing ESO could probably do would actually help because that type of socialization, it just isn't popular anymore and would actually probably drive people away except for some of the hardcore fans like us. Um, yes, it's not mainstream anymore. It, it's yeah, it's definitely not. And on that note, funny enough, that's why Orsinium will be good for ESO. I mean, I'm. It's, it's, it's funny enough, it's not a DLC for me. I'm not that interested in it overall because ultimately it's a soloers expansion. It's a solo arena. It's a load of story content, which is all going to be soloed. I'll do the story and I enjoy it, but you know, all that content is going to be for soloing, basically. So mm-hmm. it's just carrying on in the way that, I mean, ESO has always been solo friendly, so it's sort of more of the same. And I'm glad it's coming because actually, funny enough, despite Elder Scrolls, online being very solo friendly they kind of left the soloers in the dust at about vr10 once you finish gold content yep and they've actually had nothing for them since then so i don't begrudge the fact just like i didn't begrudge ic coming out because the pvp haven't had anything mm-hmm. i think orsidium is actually very much a a, a soloers expansion for them to sort of being able to get to max level without having to find somewhere to grind the last few levels out they can actually story mode their way through comfortably um mm-hmm. without even having to go to the uh, imperial city I know you can probably get to max level if you went there, but proper, a lot of solos probably don't want to go into that place. So I'll certainly be, it'd be nice solo enhanced with that. I know they got this trial on there, but really in terms of group type content, I don't see much coming out of this. Um, so, and, and, and um, I said it already. I'll just reiterate before we move on that this is not something against Zoss. It's really, I will be sticking around with ESO until such point that you know, um, Zoss really destroys it or makes it kind of like a Lotro style. Like I will still be outspoken against the cash shop, but you know, that's just the way MMOs are kind of nowadays. Um, our, our only hope is not stopping it. It's just kind of hoping that we can try to stop a river with a shovel. You can't stop it completely, but you can diverge some of it off through, you know, canals and stuff like that. that's really what we're doing we're not trying to stop the 
buy to play system because it's just not going to be possible. It's just proven to make too much money, but hopefully we'll be able to kind of steer it in ways that it makes it tolerable. Yeah, I mean, we all know that buy to play, free play will or is is the money maker. There's there's no doubt about that. For businesses, it's the best way of making money. The thing is, we understand they want to make money, and unfortunately, as a business, they want to make as much as possible. But it'd be nice to know that they're that they're accepting a fine line between we're making lots of money rather than let's maximize our profit to sure. the absolute. That's that's where the issue comes in, because and that that's where it gets gets nasty. I mean, as I say, it's, it's, the crown store is going to be a moneymaker. It is big money being made. But, you know, draw a line somewhere. Will it make you some extra money if you do something a bit shady? Yes. Do you need that extra money? Is it, is it going to make a huge difference or can you sort of bring something else on? Yeah. Is it worth the loss and goodwill from your players? Because, yeah, we know it's, it is what it is. But even with the free-to-play games that people download on phones and stuff, the retention rate's not real good because for the places that, you know, you play for a little bit, go, oh, this is fun. But then you realize, wow, if I don't spend tons of money on it, I can't actually really do anything of note. What do you do? You just drop it. Um, is it really good to do away with the long-term health of the game? I mean, you would make more money by having more players by not being super over-aggressive with cash shop. We know it makes money, but if you can, you can find a nice balance with things that are consumable, that are often required not required but things people want to buy uh but still adds to the game you'll actually have players playing for longer and then spending more money rather than yeah. making tons of money in in you know oh the, in three months because that's all you know first three months we made bank but then we lost all of our players because people went uh this is just way too way too aggressive and I don't really want to spend that much money. Whereas if you can keep them playing for the long run, that's when you start making money because spending, you know, $3,000 on a game. If you do it within three months, people go, what the hell? And they run away. But it, if you do it over the course of a decade, people don't realize it. So, um, let's, let's move on. Um, cause that's the end of our discussions for this week and kind of had a little bit of rant about the gaming industry as a whole not about eso just as a whole um i know we talked about in the last episode that eso it's still my favorite mmo out there right now because it is one of the best ones out there in terms of the world why i'm here yeah exactly it is one of the best ones out there They, they they did a good job at least at the very start making a fun intriguing game that is just a a pleasure to be a part of and we're hoping they maintain that way because no one else has been able to uh, to do that. Uh, let's talk about our gameplay this week. Um, Steldian, why don't you go ahead and go first? Uh, well, aside from my poor DK getting all the fat loot in a dungeon he doesn't need, uh, I've completed silver content. So I've Ooh. just started on, on the gold side. Uh, I'm VR 10. And your gold so, side is the... Uh, EP. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm actually not a huge fan of that place. Although to be honest, I wasn't. I hated AD as well. So mm. it's, it's a long haul. And so I'm, I'm VR 10 now. I've only just started the goal, just done the two newbie island places. So yeah. I could well be VR 16 by the time I finish the actual gold content. Oh. But I got to admit, I'm it, it, I am struggling with it. It's just things, as I mentioned on Friday, things things just die so fast and easy. It's not even worth casting a wrecking blow. They just sort of fall over in, in, in the vague waft. It's like, oh, it'd be nice to have a bit more. 
challenge there. I kind of I kind of miss the pre-nerf days of veteran ranks because <laughs> making it easy is what made it feel kind of grindy. I mean, I, I still enjoy it because I, I like running around. It's 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 you know fairly mindless stuff, just messing around, having fun with the quests and everything. But I do miss the days where I mean, when the wife and I first got to vet ranks. We were grateful for the fact there was two of us together. Oh yeah, you know it's like thank God there's two of us because this could be brutal if we were on our own. Uh, now it's just like a, a race between us to see who can kill the mobs before the other one gets a chance to attack them. It's like oh, oh they're dead, and she always wins because she's playing a temple at this point, so she just reflective lights them all dead. So I don't even reach them. Uh, I, I don't even get my horse sometimes. I just sit on my horse and just let her kill the, the group and then move on. It's just quicker that way. <laughs> yeah, that's. There, there's a, comes a certain point, especially during the leveling process, where it's like, wow, if it was just some people don't. If you're in a, let me rephrase this, it's often nicer. the The very first time, people don't necessarily like the challenge because they want to get the end. But when you're working on a secondary character or something like that, or something, it's like I just kind of wish it was more than just having netflix on my other screen and not even paying attention because well, even with main characters and this is my issue with the mmo modern mmo mentality is people think oh i, I kind of don't want the challenge because i want to get to the end and that's where i can have my group and challenging content it's like well in the old days the challenge and the group content was from level one to max level everything was brutal everything was a challenge to get through and i don't know when it's this the switch kind of flick to say oh no no you don't want to have an inconvenient leveling system let them race through so they get to the end it's like well they only want to race through so they can get to the end to play with their friends if you could play with your friends from level one to the end you wouldn't care about how fast you get to the end because it's all a big challenging exciting journey but that seems to have been done away with i, I don't know how that suddenly just disappeared from mmo so quickly hmm. yeah yeah i know it it is it's yeah that's rough Okay. Um, well, uh, I haven't played a ton this week, but I played a ton last week um, before the glass motif. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, last Sunday, right after the show, I managed to get uh, a light Moleg Kenna shoulder uh, with a reinforced trait right after the show because we were talking. Uh, we were talking about it on the show, going, "I really need to get out there and run these dungeons because I need Moleg Kenna for my for my set." Right. Um, so I ran it and I got it right after with a gold key. It was light and had reinforced, but at least it was Mole Kenna, right? Had a nice weapon damage bonus. Um, that was on Sunday. Uh, Monday, we, I actually did quite a bit. Uh, Thais actually played with me for the first time in a while because the baby was behaving. So uh, she hit VR8. So yay. <laughs> yeah she she hit vr8 while we were out there uh we played in bangkorai where we actually did some of the quest uh i think we only did uh let's see here uh we did the verdant woods quest where we helped uh a npc called the sentinel save princess alara um that was actually really interesting to see the it if you follow the storyline the difference between the sentinel and the weird the weird witches uh they don't like each other but it was interesting to follow through that it was kind of <sighs> i really wish we had played a little bit more because i couldn't quite remember i actually had to go back and, and rethink how it went because it's been so long since we were able to do the quest together that i kind of forgot where we were and then i'm like why are we out here in the woods looking for this princess alara why is she not back in 
in Bangkorai, but you know, I had to go back and, and look at some of the quest online and stuff like that and go, Oh, right, right. She disappeared after the battle and we had to go try to, to find her. And, um, that was, that was a little difficult to, because we had spent so much time away from the game that I had to kind of go back and go, why are we here in the first place? Uh, and that always is an issue, especially when with, because all this stuff is, is storyline that all fits together, right? So if you're in, doing the overarching story in a zone, if you're not there to pay attention, you kind of lose track of it. I got to say, I'd love the Daggerfall quest lines, Bankerai as well, especially my favorite quest lines by far. Oh yeah, no, they're, they're really good. Um, because I feel like they're one of the only ones that are coherent the entire way through. It feels like, and I know there's an overarching story for all of them, and I haven't done the Aldmari Dominion yet, um, but I know there's an overarching story that's involved, but only the Daggerfall so far has felt like it all linked together. Uh, Ebonheart Pact, while I love the Ebonheart Pact, don't get me wrong there, each zone kind of had its own story and they felt sort of independent. It wasn't like a giant threat that was going throughout the entire tire zone that you were fighting. It really was just a, oh, look, you know, like this is the issue of the zone, which isn't necessarily an issue. It's just like Daggerfall kind of felt like even though each had its own threat, it just felt like everything was just a little bit more linked together yeah it just felt like one big story yeah yeah and that's why i struggle with the other quest lines to be honest doing the silver and gold content after doing dagger for like pff, whatever yeah each zone is so distinct in ebonheart that it's kind of like you know the each they don't they just don't feel like they link together they just felt like independent um yeah so that that was that we also then stopped the reachmen from getting to evermore at north glen um, we were talking about this ahead of time with the zombies that were made from the seeds, like the plant zombie things. There were lots of them there and, uh, lots and lots of them. Um, so that's what I did with Thais on Monday. Then Monday night, <laughs> I ran van vanish bat, uh, vet banished cells. And I got the exact same pair of Molekena, like same trait, same armor type, <laughs> I hate that. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, deleting that. Um, so that was my Monday night. Uh, then Tuesday of last week, uh, I ran the pledge night with Ark, Avi, Ridge, Shoot Your Eye Out, and Nerdman. Um, that was a lot of fun because we actually did, uh, what were we doing? Oh, we ran Veteran City of Ash. Uh, and that was actually the first time I've done Veteran City of Ash since uh, it was on the PTS. I've never <laughs> finished it on live because I did it on PTS and then just never did it on live. So that was interesting because then it's like we we're getting ready. To, like the first time we did it took up forever because, you know, part, you know, my fault is like. I was also I was also healing this, mind you, because we didn't have a healer, so I ran on my VR2 healer. Um and that was a challenge. 
because we're on my VR2 healer and I'm just not a very good healer. I mean, I'm not bad, but I just don't have the experience because I don't play a healer most of the time. Um, but I changed some skills around. The final boss was pretty darn difficult, at least at, at start, uh, until I changed my skills around, got it to where it would be beneficial. I'm like, okay, this works, this works. And then, then we were okay from there on out. Um, so that, that was definitely exciting to do. Oh, uh, I forgot Monday. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Um, clear to delve the Viridian watch and we killed the Lake watch tower boss, the wolf father, which was actually really interesting. If you've read the story of the wolf father, um, it, 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 it was, in, you read the journal and the guy like says he had a dream where like a she wolf came to him and then they made it. And then she came back with the children and he killed them. So she killed him and cursed him. And so you're fighting this giant specter with these werewolf children. It's actually kind of interesting. Um, yeah. If you actually read the story, like it, it's, it's one of the things that I like about a lot of the world bosses. If you pay close attention, um, I know it's difficult, but if you pay attention and look around the world bosses, there's often a book or something laying around that kind of tells the story. That way you kind of know what happened and why, why there's a world boss there. That was Monday night with, uh, I do. I do enjoy them. Yeah. It's, it's just neat little, little things in the world like this is why this is one of my favorite MMOs. Like it, it is just because no other MMO really cares. It's just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Here's a higher level boss. These guys actually take the time to at least write out little excerpts that you can sit down and look at and go, oh, that's why I just fought a giant ghost and two werewolf ghosts. You know, like, oh, you know, it just wasn't a boss. It, there was a reason and a story behind it. And it's one of the things that makes me love the Elder Scrolls Online so much is because just like the single player games, it's not so much running from point A to point B. I mean, it can be if that's how you like to play the game. But if you slow down and look around, you realize that it is a world that exists. And it's not just a bunch of random monsters that are spawned and generated in most cases. Yeah, a lot of effort you put in the fluff. Yeah. And it's amazing to think the amount of effort and time that was put into something that probably less than 5% of the population actually pays attention to. I mean... Let's face it. Most people went in, killed it, got the points, and then they moved on, right? Like, how many people actually looked around and found that book and then took the time to read it other than, you know, even the mage books that are out there. Most people click on them, up, oh, got the lore book, and then they run on. They don't actually read it. So I always remember the Glumber boss, the bear, and the guy's reading, and he's like, oh, the bear's there. Oh, it's seen me. Uh-oh, uh-oh. And I was like, ah! <laughs> it's like he's writing till he dies. It just cracked me up yeah oh it's it's so good like it really is really really good and it, it's why i just cannot get away from this mmo like as much as it angers me in some cases it's just like no other game has been able to do this like i i, I was playing world of warcraft a little bit um and as much as i I guess, quote unquote, enjoy that gameplay type more with that, you know, progression rating and, and things like that. It, it it felt like a game and not a world to me like this one does, if that makes any sense. Um, yes. 
it, it's pretty much just numbers <laughs> yeah it's okay i have enough dps to pull it this game is like why am i killing these guys and you actually sit down and look at it and go there's a this is why I'm killing these guys because there's a world around it. I feel like <laughs> there's a reason for me to attack these people besides the fact that it just gives me experience points. Um, but yeah, so I hit VR two while I was in vet city of ash and that's where I got that perfect Moleg Kenna as well. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, it was perfect. Like, it was exactly what I needed for my final build. Like, I had my final build all decked out. Like, exactly what I need. And it was perfect. And it was VR2. You can add it to my swag bag of willpower then. Yeah, it's like... We can burn it together. That's it. We're just throwing a big, giant pile and burn it. Because it was just so upsetting. Like, I I hate this. Because this would have... If I had got this on my main... And the only reason why I went on my healer is not because I... I mean, I enjoy healing... But I would have preferred to do it on my DPS because this is the character that I enjoy playing. But because I was running a guild event, I was going to do whatever it was the guild needed. And we didn't have a healer. So I went on my healer. Um, I really need to farm some more points. That way I can get healing on my main and then just ignore it, you know. But anyway, that's for a different day. But yeah, so really disappointed because I had to open that gold key and because you can't. I, at first I was doing it going, okay, I have a healer. It's okay. We'll scale it down. Yeah. I won't get the helm, but I can always farm the helm if I ever wanted to really farm it. Cause the dungeons aren't locked. I can just keep running it and find the helm farm group. But no, the, the, the keys are completely untradeable. Can't put them, can't put them in your bank. So that's depressing. I should have kept hold of him anyway. I have on my guy, my little DKs. I know. I I, I should have, but I, I never really plan on actually leveling her. Like she got VR2 only because she managed to get enough experience from the some random times that I played the game. Like that's the only reason why she got it. I only ever even leveled her up to VR1 because I was using her as my provisioner so I could farm the... um. I want two reasons. I leveled her up to VR one because we were doing Craglorn night and I wanted to stop doing Craglorn on my main character because I was, I wasn't reading the quest because I was doing it with the guild and stuff like that. And people just wanted to run and, and, and complete stuff. So I didn't get to play it the way that I normally like to on my very first try, which is like reading everything, exploring everything. And I wanted to save it for my, you know, me and, and, and Thais. So I, I leveled her just so that when I had to run Craglorn, I had a VR one that could do it. And that was the only reason why I even made her was for that one and only reason. Um, and I don't know. It's I'm just sitting there going, I really just don't care about her. And I never actually plan on leveling her other than the random experience she gets when I do events that require. But yeah, so I would be holding on to those keys until the day that they actually removed, you know, veteran ranks. I'd have sooner removed the keys and just destroyed them than taking the risk of opening up and finding something decent. You, know, you yeah, like me, like going, oh yeah. my goodness, you got to be kidding me, because that was just that was a that was a kick to the nads. Because I'm sitting there going, wow, wow, I wow, <laughs> you know, I I really could have used that on my main character, but uh, yeah, I'll take it as a VR too. It's like, and it's like great. At best, I get a, a random purple that sells for what eight hundred gold. 
Yeah, I was like, oh wow. Yeah, the crafting mat, eight hundred gold. That that uh, that elegant lining that sells for eight hundred, if I'm lucky, was really worth it. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'd have destroyed the key before I'd have used it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it was disappointing to say the least. Um, but that's kind of all I did this week because right after that is when we heard the news about the motif, and I just was like, you know what. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of done playing for right now because I I just I yeah uh, we didn't I didn't even get to do the guild event not because I you know was stiffing the guild because I would have done the guild event even though I was you know angry at at Zoss but I actually had to work on Thursday night so it's like I couldn't win anyway um, so I really haven't played much other than that I mean I log in every day to do my uh, crafting writs because I still refuse to buy the thing and I you know I'm not an ESO plus subscriber anymore uh, so I'm holding on to what little crowns I still have left for when Orsinium comes out um, which is roughly about 3,000 or so because um, I'm not I'm not a plus subscriber anymore and well I shouldn't I, let me take that back I am a plus subscriber but it's <laughs> I bought it at six months so I think I still have two months of ESO plus but it's not set to renew so I'm not getting any more crowns and I'm not and I'm not letting it renew so I mean that's that's where I'm at right now um so I have like well, how many crowns do I actually have a uh, little over three thousand which I'm going to be using to buy those uh the the, the packs I talked about earlier and if I have anything else I may consider looking at the polymorph stuff but nothing else interests me and I'm not buying crowns or I'm not getting any from ESO plus anymore so uh, I'll deal with buying crowns again like I'll probably what I'll probably end up doing is just because it's kind of silly not to instead of just buying crowns outright I'll just resub to the game for like three months using a three month sub when Orsinium comes out and that will give me enough crowns to buy Orsinium as well as the bonuses for three months. All I have to do is cancel the recurring and there we go. Um, and to be honest, I can actually even just play Orsinium for the three months while I'm actually just, you know, playing the game. Um, and if I finish all of the Orsinium stuff and there's nothing that that sticks around going, wow, I'm actually going to do this more often, like with guilds or anything. I might not even do that. Like I might not even buy it because there's really not a point to buying it. If you, um, if you know, because if I buy three months subscription, which is cheaper doing it that way than actually paying for the crowns. Plus then I get all the bonuses. Um, I'll just sit there and hold on to that and wait until such time as, I've either finished all the storyline, finished everything I need. If I haven't, when the subscription runs out, I'll buy it. If not, then I'll just sit on the crowns till something else comes out. Um, because you know, I, I just, that's how it goes. Cause I'm not really, I'm not really feeling the, I'm not feeling the, um, need to sub. And I was sub before, not because of a need to, but because of the, wanting to support Zoss on a monthly basis because the majority of the stuff I bought with crowns was just because I had them like would I have bought it if this was just a buy to play game without a sub option like Guild Wars 2 no I wouldn't have because I didn't really care it's like even with the other mounts and stuff as much as I would love to have them in the game I really only ride my tiger 
because it's a special mount that no one else can get. Um, I ride him and that's, that's all I do. Uh, but you know, I bought the other mounts and stuff just to support Zoss cause I was subbed up and I was just constantly getting it and I was planning on staying subbed until, you know, they kind of went all shady with their, with their, their cash shop stuff. So that's why I am where I am right now. Um, this Tuesday coming up is going to be another guild pledge night and Thursday I am not working. So I will be running an Imperial city this coming Thursday. So make sure you guys show up cause that would be great. It would make me happy. Um, and, uh, give us something to do. We'll run sewers. If we don't have tons, if we have, if we have like 10 or 12 people, we'll run sewers. If we have less than that, we'll run the, uh, daily quest and stuff like that in the, um, in the districts, uh, to get some Telvar or just to farm or just to experience the game. And, uh, we can also do the group events for the people who've not done the, the main storyline there. Cause there's two group quests that you have to do. um, one of them is in the temple district. You need a group for it. You just, you do, you're not gonna be able to solo it. Uh, and the other one is in, uh, the arena district. So, uh, we'll do that if we have anyone who, who needs to run those events just to get the stuff. Uh, so again, I hope people show up for Imperial city this week because Imperial city is actually a lot of fun and, um, doing stuff with players is why we play MMOs in the first place. So, uh, all right, that's, uh, let's see. Do I have anything else before we move on? I have to look through the notes. Um, Oh, all right, let's go ahead and move right on into our emails. Cause we do actually have emails. Um, first up, hello there, TOT group. With the current ESO cash shop concern slash controversy with a glass with the glass armor motifs now being available as well as the mats, I was pretty sure you'd be touching on this in the next podcast. While most know the difficulty in farming all of the many parts of the glass armor and weapons, the very low drop rates and length involved in creating a single glass item, it can be quite easily reasoned that said difficulty is by design in large part to push players and crafters towards purchasing rather than playing uh, the slot slash farming game. That said, there is an understandable concern about in-game economy and the cash shop pay-to-win philosophy. I assume that there will be those players on either side of the issue. My question is, how far is Zenimax in the red from development costs for the game does creating slash promoting through in-game mechanics um, a cash grab indicate uh, a negative state in game financially would that if um, it if that were the case cast any justification for sales like this including glass armor i think it'd be an interesting topic to discuss also uh, as I make my way backwards through older episodes, the fact that Ajelis was once a WoW raider and enjoys raiding content in MMOs, I was curious as to what made him leave. Granted, simple fl- uh, f- sorry, uh, f- familiarity. Thank you. I'm just so tongue-tied right now. I am so sorry. Uh, and time spent in one game can motivate a change, but I'm curious if there were any parallels to the way rating mechanic in WoW has changed over time and how rating in ESO is being handled developed. Are there similarities 
Is ESO more challenging at the moment? Is the atmosphere mechanics of the dungeons and raids in ESO comparable, worse, better, similar? And finally, as we see ESO hopefully continue to grow and develop, do you see Zoss correcting current perceived flaws in game decisions such as cash shop items, drop rates, leveled gear sets, scaled areas and gear, new content for higher players? Or will they seemingly continue to be behind the eight ball, as they say, and be constantly reacting as opposed to being in front of moving the game forward in a positive manner in respect to the majority of players? Or should we as player community take a step back and let Zoss do their thing and advance the game as they see fit? Uh, it can be argued that several issues in the game are a result of Zoss changing their original design in favor of a vocal community. Where do you see ESO in the year in a year's time? Thank you for reading listening. Sorry it was long-winded. Not at all a problem, man. I actually appreciate this. Appreciate all the work and time you dedicate to bringing the podcast and website resources. Very best regards, DM, a.k.a. Midnight Geek, Roland. Uh, Roland actually has been following us on Twitter. Really great guy. Thank you so much for your email, man. I do appreciate this. Um, and don't feel bad about being quote-unquote long-winded. I actually – I I love this email, and we're going we're gonna to talk about that. Um, just because I would – you know there's nothing wrong with that you need to get your your feelings out and if it's a long email we'll break it up and we'll we'll tackle it uh so first off i i want to talk about the he he hits on the crown store and his question for all of that is do you feel that Zenimax is in the red for development and is that one of the reasons why you think they may be pushing this kind of stuff um Steldy, what do you think no now i'd love to think oh yeah maybe that, well, the game hasn't been that much of a flop um yeah i mean it's and, not world of warcraft numbers but let's let's face it there's been console you know, release i think they got plenty of money um yeah. in reality this is just a classic case of well it's, it's, it's a business um and more money is good it's always good once you take a ground crown store type mechanic into a game the reality is it's all about the business and not about the player experience at all anyway. That's why you have a crown store there to make more money. It's not there for the player's benefit. Sure, some players might like some things they can buy out of it, but if the crown store wasn't there, extra mounts, extra pets, they'd all be part of the game that you'd find or veteran rewards for being a loyal member. It's there to make money. And the glass armor is a grindy item, so it's an easy win to sell it. They put it on there to maximize profits because three weeks, most people don't have it, but they want it, buy it. Simple as that. Yeah, I, uh, despite the fact that they they never released numbers on how much it costs them to make this game, as far as that I remember or that I've seen, okay? So let's just take that into account. We'll just say they, they haven't. Um, they did have some pretty big name actors and stuff doing voiceovers, everything's voiced. Um, even though just like Skyrim, a lot of that you know, is the same actors. They might just had a couple, but I, I honestly believe at there's been several of us that have been sub for over a year. And by several, I mean, even at its height, they were guesstimating. And this is we don't know this for a fact, but people were saying it's like, well, based on the sales, just from physical sales and stuff like that, they were looking at, you know, about 700, you know, half a million um, to 750,000 players when it was subscription. 
Um, yes, that number would have flux, but I know when the game was actually subscription, uh, I actually felt like we had more activity than we did now. Um, like our guild was massive when it was sub. Um, it, it just was like we just had an absolutely massive guild when it was when this was a subscription game and i do believe just judging by the amount of 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 tigers and stuff like that that i see that they were making fairly decent money um so no i honestly i honestly believe that they recouped most of their cost and were actually in just judging by how much the game is you know um if they just bought the game and only played for the first free month that was still $60 it's it, it, they would have recouped a lot of that cost you know even if you look at it, let me see here I'm just gonna pull up my calculator just so I can do this $60 times 750 for just physical boxes okay is roughly oh my goodness really is it 45 million dollars if it was 60 bucks for 750,000 players not less than a million that's I, i'm you know that's a fairly large budget okay and that's if only that's if every single one of those players only played for the first month and did not stop and that's we only know that information. We don't know the exact numbers because Zoss is a privately traded company. They're not obligated to release that information. That's just from a, a third party who based on sales from like places like GameStop, not even taking into account places like Steam when it was added in there and and digital copies that were downloaded off the website. This was just physical sales. They were looking at forty five million dollars. You know, you got to take the cost and all that out. But that's still a substantial amount. And only if everyone played for the first six months, I honestly think they've remade their their money back just through initial sales. And that doesn't even include the console sales, which they've not released. But I know ESO has been the top of the console charts for at least in their top 10 for the past. What, like since it's been released, I still think it's in their top 10. Like, it's, yeah, I think so. it's still there, like in their top 10 list for most sold games since it was out like i honestly think they've made the money back on the development cost so it was a business decision sort sort of like that free to play fallout shelter i mean they made it that way in a mobile game app how much did that make in the first week like like six million dollars or something like that like it was a huge amount of money for a free to play mobile game but it, it served two purposes first it got people hyped up for fallout 4 and it didn't take obviously, you know, obviously that much time to program, like in terms of development time, it, it didn't take them that long. So they made it free to play. And it was it was both a marketing and a little bit of a cash thing for people to to do. Um, and yeah, it, it was definitely, definitely up there. So I, I, I honestly think that Bethesda and ZeniMax the company, not just Bethesda, but Zenimax Studios that owns everything is doing very well from this. And there's no way that they did not make their money back. So right now it's just profit. Just to add to that, even if it was a case they were in the hole, it's still no excuse to sell the glass on when there's other things they could put in the in there that would sell for a lot. 
like we mentioned on Friday's episode, the barbershop, people have been crying out for this for ages. Mm -hmm. That would make you a lot of money. And it would be a gift that kept on giving because people would like to change it, especially if it's like five bucks a time. might not seem like much, but a lot of players, more players would be buying that than all the people, people buying the glass arm at it, 50 bucks a time. It's big money, but less people buying. Barbershop, practically everyone at some point is going to want to buy one. Yeah. And that's still not been in. People have asked for that since day one. It's Ex still not there. Extra character slots. Because here's the thing. You can still get glass in game. So the people who are dedicated, like me, will say, screw it. I'll farm it in game. I don't care how long it takes me. So you're never going to get that money from me. But extra character slots that can't be gotten game. People, even if you made it 50 bucks for an extra character slot, like to make a ninth, I know several people who would throw the money. They're probably throwing their money at their screen right now, listening to this going, yes, I'll pay 50 bucks for a ninth character slot. Like there, there are people who are like that and those things would sell. And I mean, you could get away with that $50 and yes, it's like a one-time thing. But like, if you really wanted to, there's room on that login screen that you could fit more character slots. And, you know, even if you made only four more and made them 50 bucks, I know people who would right now give you 200 bucks so they could have 12 characters. Because then they could have one of every class in every faction. People would do it. I know people would do it. So there's other things about glass. I don't think it was done as a ditch effort. I think they they just saw dollar signs. I, I really do. And this doesn't necessarily go towards the developers because the programmers there probably don't like doing this. Programming something for the cash shop isn't necessarily fun programming, right? It's like uh, it's, it's somebody in a suit goes, we could sell this. Let's make it. Would the actual developers rather be making game content? Yeah, they probably would because it's it's more fun for them as a developer to their skills rather than just reskinning the same character model and selling that as a mount again and again and again. All right, let's, let's move on. Cause we do have a lot of questions here. Um, wow. Rating why I left. Wow. The reason I left. Wow. Was actually multifaceted. Um, first off, the reason why I left. Wow. Especially for this game, but I, I had actually quit. Wow. Long before, this game had come out not not tech, long long before but when this game came out this was a game that i was just really excited about because i've loved elder scrolls since morrowind and i've always wanted an mmo elder scrolls game so the the idea for this i would have at least tried it out because it's elder Scrolls, just because of the name alone and the ip i would have i would have tried it um, but that wasn't my decision for coming here um a lot of my friends over time just stopped playing WoW, not because of a lot, a lack of what WoW was providing, but just because of real world, you know, um, people getting jobs, families, stuff like that. They just stopped playing, and therefore I didn't really have my friend player base that I had at one point. Um, so because a lot of my friends were leaving, I started looking for other games just because... I was looking for something different and I was also getting tired of how wow was developing their raid content specifically with the LFR. And I understand the story mode that was great, but to me it always just kind of felt like why bother? A lot of the reason for wanting to down the mobs or the raids before was to find the story out. But when you could do it in LFR mode, almost absent mindedly, it, it just kind of killed my entire reason for really wanting to, to, to play the game you know what know what i'm saying 
It's just like, eh, I've done it in LFR. I just couldn't, I couldn't make myself care enough to try to find a group of people I didn't know to raid with. So that's why I kind of left. Wow. I was just tired of their constant move to make the game more and more casual. I mean, I'm all about adding casual stuff into the game for casual players, but there needs to be something to strive to. I always look forward to in burning crusade and stuff like that. The raids that I would probably never see, but it was just always nice to go one day, maybe one day I will, you know, do this kind of deal. And that always kind of kept me going. Um, unfortunately that's no longer the case just because of, of, of how they're, you know, developing, develop the game. So that was my main reasoning for leaving, um, uh, world of Warcraft. So, uh, the raids in this game, while fun and sometimes can be challenging are nowhere near the type of gameplay that I would say I prefer. And Esteldine, you can probably back us up on that. They were just very, very quick and kind of like, eh, they're fun. Don't get me wrong. And if you have people who don't know what they're doing, like Esteldine, we were talking about when you first started doing the groups, when you brought your own team together, who no one had ever seen it before. Like you went, Oh wow, this is way more difficult than when you're running with people yeah. who've done it before. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's hard work. They're, they're a decent challenge, but they don't have, they're not like, yeah, they're not like the wow ones or other games where you, you go in there night after night to progress because obviously they, they have a lockout every week and you just uh, do a bit by bit each night. Yeah. The ESA ones are designed to do in an evening. Yeah. They're fun, but they're, if you're really into that, that rating type mentality, and, and you don't have a love for Elder Scrolls, I couldn't recommend this game to you as going, yeah, come here for the raiding scene because there is none right now uh, for multiple reasons, not just because of the way the raids are designed, but because there's just no um, no point to it right now. And, and that's just by design and by lack of content. So that's multifaceted. Um, but that's that's kind of why I, I'm, I'm in here as it is why i left wow and came here now i like i said i came to eso because of my love of elder scrolls and that that and that's what keeps me here i've i've tried other games i've resubbed to wow i've tried doing that to try to get back into raiding but nothing's elder scrolls and there's nothing that is so revolutionary or old school enough like you know i'm looking at some indie mmos that are coming out which i'm really excited for um, because they're taking that old school, but kind of modernizing it a bit. So more modern game, but that old school mentality. I have a lot of high hopes for those. I'm really excited for those. But as of right now, in the modern MMO genre, the modern MMOs just isn't a home for me. And um, because it doesn't really have that type of staying power in the modern MMO genre, in any modern MMO, regardless of it, if it's free to play, uh, buy to play subscription. It, it just doesn't have it that the only thing that really keeps me as an MMO player and Raider in ESO is my love of the world, the, the, the world. And I think we said this in, in, uh, the episode, uh, the crossover and honest look at ESO. If this game was not in Tamriel, I would not be playing it still. It's still fun. Oh my goodness. Is it fun? Don't get me wrong. It's well put together, but it doesn't have the staying power. I would have completed everything that I've done so far and went, okay, I'm done with this and moved on. 
but because it's in Tamriel is why I am still here because of the love of the universe in which it's in. And that is the only reason, the only reason. Um, let's see. Uh, so I hope that that helps. Okay. Uh, seeing as, um, ESO is we, as it hopes to develop and goes forward. Do you see Zoss, uh, changing some of its path and, and fixing some of the issues that it's been seeing recently, uh, whether leveled sets gear and stuff like that, or, or um, fixing issues that kind of sprung up from players, you know, yelling for changes, which is what a lot of the first five updates were. Um, do you see that as, as a, as a, you know, that they'll change it. Um, I'm actually kind of curious, uh, Steldine, what about you? Do you think uh, Zoss is going to kind of go their own way now, or do you think they're going to listen to us as much as they did once upon a time? Honestly, I think they're going to continue to kind of fumble blindly along. Um, their track record hasn't been fantastic. Uh, they, they listen, they try and take our ideas or people's ideas, I should say, and they react to them creating other problems mm-hmm. uh, they're sort of very reactive and they make things that aren't fully realized as it were they're a bit, bit come, come a bit short with their changes in an attempt to try and appease people which then causes other problems that occur and then they spend their time trying to fix them the champ point system is a great example the vet ranks being put in because people wanted alternative places to go now being removed because no one likes them uh, it's I don't see that changing. I think that's going to be how they continue on in the future as well. They have their ideas. They put some stuff in. People will complain. They'll start trying to change. Uh, this is going to be an endless cycle, I believe. Yeah, I uh, I agree completely. A lot of the perceived issues that we have now are actually caused by us, them trying to appease us as players. And I mean, I'm I'm, I'm so glad that they listen to their players. That's wonderful. We ne- we don't want an MMO company that doesn't listen to their players. But as I said on the last thing, people need to look at it. Players don't always know what they want. And a good example of this is uh, Final Fantasy XIV, Yoshi P. I love him as a producer, um, even though I don't really play their game because it's, it's an Asian game and it's too cute for me. Um, but if it were darker, like, would I play it? Yeah, because it, I, I appreciate the fact that he's still a sub game. And he has no plans on changing it. He's he's already said, I would rather shut the game down. Um, I will resign if they ever try to, you know, make this a free-to-play game. Like, they moved it to Korea, and they were like, you're not going to make it free-to-play for Korea because that's all they do. It's never going to do well. And he's like, you know what? They have 9 million free-to-play games over there. If they don't like it, they don't have to play, you know? But he also takes that stance with player feedback. He'll take player feedback and he'll listen to it. And if he thinks it's a good idea, he'll make changes. But he's already, people have complained about certain things and he goes, no, I'm not changing it. You think you want something different, but what you want just doesn't work. And I'm not going to change it. I will take it into um, account that you don't like this and I will see if I can make it better, but I'm not changing it from my vision because my vision essentially is what makes this game work. What, What took this game that failed and we rebooted it and now is like the second most popular MMO out there. Like it has more players than a lot of free to play games and stuff like that. And it's a completely sub based game. I think they hit 5 million subscribers, like active subscribing players. Like they have as much as world of Warcraft now 
And, you know, and World of Warcraft has that, you know, 12 year legacy or whatever. These guys, you know, like our vision so far has taken us where we want. And uh, we have an idea in mind that we know is going to work. And if you don't like something, we'll look at changing it. But we're not going to implement it in in a way that we think would be detrimental to the game just to appease you. If you don't like it, unsub. And the thing thing is people aren't unsubbing they're actually continuing to sub and play the game yeah and i'd like to say that he's the perfect example of a business with well obviously developer but that's a, a, where a business is also balanced between making maximizing money and the integrity because mm-hmm. as i've seen a lot of tweets going on people trying to prove that free to play is the way to make money it is of course it is it's the best way to make money you'll make the most money but Yoshi's gone around and said, well, I don't care. I'm making a sub game because it's a better quality game for the players and we are making enough money. So it's not a case of, because they can make more if they go free to play, but he's not going to do that because it's going to ruin the quality of the game for the sake of making more money, which he doesn't need to do. And that's where it's nice to see a business actually turn around and find that balance between where we can make cash and where we just make a decent quality game. Something that's been lost over the years because when games used to come out, it was always about number one, priority was your passion making a game that people were going to think was great yes you want to make enough money to not be to lose but you weren't like we want to make every single dime we can off this it's like let's make a great game people will then buy it and we'll make profit that's that's how it works we don't have to try and squeeze nickel and dime every single last cent to maximize the profit just make it enough so we can then make another great game yeah and that's what yoshi p is like even with his he will not budge to make more profit because the integrity of that that intellectual property, that that Final Fantasy intellectual property means more to them as a company than making tons of money off of it and then ruining their, their name because of it. And that's, I respect that completely. Like, that is fantastic that they look at it and go, a sub game is better because we can produce it the way we want to produce it. We can do all of these things. You don't have to worry about being nickel and dime. You just pay us this. You can budget for it. And it allows for a better player experience that people will enjoy and stick around for years for as well. As, like, honestly, I would probably still be playing it if this game wasn't out because that's what I was playing before. I mean, I know even Esteldian, other than just the type of the type of play that it had wasn't didn't fit your play style. I know that. But as a game, could you argue that it was not a well put together game? When people are looking for a solid MMO to play, I recommend them Final Fantasy XIV. I played it, I got to end game, and I, I left. I mean, I, it was an enjoyable game. It's, it's very traditional and modern MMO, so it wasn't really for me. But yeah. it's a great game. I still recommend it. If I fully recommend it over ESO to most people. I, unless they have a specific love for the lawn stuff, Final yeah. Fantasy is the game to go to. Yeah, I recommend it over World of Warcraft. And um, like you said, it, I recommend it over ESO. Unless the person loves ESO lore, then you really can't be like, I wouldn't recommend this game if it wasn't for Elder Scrolls. Um, And again, not saying it's not fun. I just, I know it doesn't have the staying power that I believe an MMO should. I believe an MMO is something you, you join for years, not months. But I don't think ESO has that other than the fact of my love of lore. Uh, I don't think a lot of MMOs have that anymore, except for Final Fantasy XIV. I think that that actually has the staying power uh, for years. I do, uh, just the way they designed it. It's it already did its like what its three year anniversary or something like that, and it's just been growing by leaps and bounds because of how their development is. Um, but all of that was just to say, 
the producers need to get in their head that how they're going to design their game is how they're going to design. They can take player feedback, but they can't do these knee jerk reactions that they've done um, because it ends up causing a lot of problems. Like they can look at it and go, listen, we're going to continue with our development, but we are going to look at these things. Um, it, but you know, they end up just introducing more and more, like even with the champion points, we understand why they did it, but they couldn't figure out how to do it fast enough to remove veteran ranks at the same time. Like was their original plan. And now they're kind of stuck with having both worlds. They're like, well, people aren't sticking around for our veteran ranks. Um, so let's add champion points, but we're not ready to take that out veteran yet. So we'll just do them both and we'll just phase it out. And that's just caused more issues. So I think they lack their own vision. They don't have like a proper vision of where they're going. So they're too easily. So when they try and adjust things for the community, they're just doing so blindly. Mm. Uh, it's just, so it becomes a big myth. And they have a strong enough guide to where they want to be. Like you said earlier, the Yoshi is like, well, I'll take your stuff on board, but this is how I'm planning on going ahead. And I'll see what I can do about you, what you didn't like to adjust. Whereas Zoss don't seem to have that solid vision of where they're going. So they kind of take things on board and throw what they had out the win- window and try and put this new system in. Except ironically, they couldn't even throw the odd thing out the window. They just sort of had it sit there and stagnate in the vet rank system. Um, so that, that seems to be a problem. They don't have a direct, this is where we're going. I mean, sure, they've got a plan, like, oh, I've got the Dark Brother coming, Thieves coming, but the actual mechanics and the, the, the nuts and bolts of the game seems a bit airy-fairy to me. Well, that's because a lot of what I believe, a lot of the things that they have quote-unquote planned is just because they, they, they're, they're relying on the fact that it's an Elder Scrolls game, right? So they have yeah. all this lore. So they know Dark Brotherhood and Thieves Guild need to be added because, oh, it's part of the lore already, right? Like, but do they have the mechanics in mind? No. They just know that it's Elder Scrolls. It needs to have these things. So they, they're kind of <clears throat> relying on the fact that they have a well-known IP to kind of guide them when they don't really have any real direction of their own and a lot of that comes from the higher ups because let's face it matt firer is a dark age of camelot producer and i love dark age of Camelot. don't get me wrong but he designed this game like it was dark age of camelot reborn in tamriel but realizing that <laughs> let's face it Cyrodiil is not as popular as they, I'm assuming they hoped where Cyrodiil was the end game where everyone after they're done with the story went because a lot of the people who love Elder Scrolls are single player people. They're not used to PvP. So I don't think they have quite the audience they probably hoped they, they would have had. Um, so here we are right now with the whole eh, we'll hope for the best kind of deal. Um and they don't have that vision because they're like, wow, I guess uh, I guess that that DOAC in Tamriel is not what a lot of people are actually interested in. And now they're just trying to recoup, I guess, try to figure out where they're going next. Um, with that said, that kind of moves into the next question is where do you see ESO in a year's time? Well, in a year's time, we would have seen all of their planned D- DLC. That includes Orsinium, Thieves Guild, and Dark Brotherhood, which in my mind is pretty much every bit that makes an Elder Scrolls game. You know what I mean? Like everything that is, everything from there on out, though, would then have to be, you know, their own creation, right? Because there would be no more, oh, we still haven't added this in from Elder Scrolls to make it feel like Elder Scrolls. 
they would have to improve on the systems they already have. So maybe extending um, the guild quest to be a little longer. Maybe uh, crud. What was I? What was I thinking of? Um, I was actually just thinking of one of the things and I just lost it, but extending their current stuff, uh, adding in the PVP side of the justice system. But other than that, it's like Stelding, where do you see ESO in a year's time? They'll just be, I say once they get all those things in, they're going to have to start filling out the map as it were, putting in new zone or more zones that are recognized from various elder scrolls games. And just, there will be more, more of the same, essentially. It'll be like Orsiniums. More Orsiniums popping up mm-hmm. all over the place with a different name and little vibe. Um, the occasional child turning up. Uh, yeah, but they will have to get to the point once they've got everything in and made an Elder Scrolls game. Yeah, tightening up the mechanics and actually working out how their systems are supposed to work is probably what they should spend their time doing. Right. Right. Uh, well, here's the thing in my eyes. In a year's time, where are they going to be? I think one of their saving graces, um, I don't know of any major MMOs that are coming out in, in the next year. Yeah, nothing for next year. Like, I, I don't. Even some of the indies and stuff like that are still several years off. I don't I don't see, like, yeah, there's, I don't see a, like, uh, an up-and-coming MMO pushing them off, like what happened with, uh, with like, Wildstar, where everyone jumped to that, even though that didn't do very good either. Um they don't they don't have that excuse me oh my goodness i'm coughing up a storm here they don't have that they don't have that thing hanging over their head of oh my goodness we're gonna have to deal with this again they have a few expansions coming up like uh legion and things like that but i mean they'll weather it like they did before because people are kind of seeing blizzard for what it's doing now because even blizzard's kind of given up on the mmo they are more focused on releasing their free-to-play card game, their uh, free-to-play shooters, like their their MOBA games. Like they're expanding out into what's popular now, which are MOBAs and things like that. The, I honestly think they've given up on World of Warcraft as an MMO. Like they're keeping it alive, but it's kind of like in maintenance mode that actually receives development just because it is their, their property. But I think that's a lot of the reason why they, they did away with, um, with, uh, their Titan project, which was supposed to be an MMO. I think they realized at least in their mind that the free to play and blizzard is very much one of those companies that, I don't have a lot of respect for anymore because you can tell they're about the money more than their cash. Yeah. It's all about the cash rather than it is about the gameplay. Now um, th- they make fun games. Yes, but it really is about the cash for them. And you just get that feeling. Hence why they've kind of abandoned world of Warcraft because they realize MMOs are just not, the money makers they used to be anymore. So why bother spending the money maintaining these things when it's just more beneficial to make another free to play MOBA and cash off of that? Like I, I honestly feel that about world of Warcraft. Um, so 
games like Legion and things like that, I don't I don't think it's really going to pose really a threat because people will play it like they do, you know, for every other game. They will play it. They will go, wow, that was great for the time that they were in there doing it. And then they will just leave, right? Like they always do because that's they're not worried about developing world of Warcraft as a franchise anymore. It's it's there. They'll maintain it because it's a steady source of income, but I don't honestly think they care one way or the other about it. Uh, so ESO's saving grace is the fact that they do have that name. Okay. They have the elder scrolls name, uh, which keeps players like me who are just so in love with the lore here in the game just because it is what it is and there's no new ones out there um but i mean after a year especially when they start announcing their next round of their next quarter's dlcs they're gonna start getting away from the things that are in elder scrolls and they'll have to start making content for themselves and we'll then start seeing uh what they're made of and what they as a development company can do. Cause right now they're just banking off things. Like they don't have to come up with a lot of their own ideas because they've already been created through 20 years of, of, of gameplay in terms of things that need to be added to make the world feel alive. After this year, they're going to have to start going, okay, what can we add to make this more than just, we just added another, another part of the map. Like we'll start seeing mechanics and stuff that are just theirs so saving grace is the fact that there's no elder scrolls 6 announced or even being worked on right now so that's probably at least two to four years away at minimum i'm leaning closer to minimum of four years away but um that's a saving grace for them and there's no mmos on the horizon at least next year so they got a little bit of a buffer, but we'll we'll see. I hope that uh, was entertaining for you, and uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Let's go ahead and move on to our final thoughts, Esteldian. Uh, yeah, it was good to be uh, the involved in the small man group for a tales rather than having to listen to it during the week. Uh, <laughs> you so hear that, Avi? Yeah. Um, yes, free to play, buy to play is definitely a great way to make money for companies, but that doesn't mean it's the right way. Buy to play and free to play is basically the gaming equivalent of reality TV. It's crap, but it's easy to make and makes plenty of money. So just because it's there, just keep in mind, despite the fact it might sound tempting to you that, oh, it's free to play. Yeah, it's it's, it's not for the player, it's for the business. So it's not in your benefit. So stop supporting them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all know it makes money. Um, and yeah, that'll be my final thought too, especially with the buy to play, free to play. I know it's not going anywhere. Our only hope is the fact that we can push Zoss to go, is it really worth us maximizing our profits for six months and then make everyone so upset they leave? Or should we do things more for the gamers so that they stick around and play our game over other games? I'm hoping they take that route in the long run. 
I honestly believe it'd be worth more money because then the game lasts longer with more players because you have the goodwill of the players. The players will stand and defend your game. They won't be so quick to jump to the next best thing when they go, why would I want to go to the next free to play or crap out there who I don't know if they're just going to, you know, try to make a quick buck and leave when ZeniMax has proven that, yeah, they make some stuff for us to buy that's, you know, consumables and things like that but they have the gameplay at heart why would i leave you know like it's in a world i love the gameplay is solid and fun and they're not trying to monetize me out the bum they monetize just enough that you know they they're making good money but i'm willing to pay even more through subbing and spending extra crowns and stuff like that just because i want to support the developers that i love um and that's what we're really hoping for I'm really excited to see Orsinium because as a mostly PvE player, I'm excited to see a new trial. Uh, I'm excited to see more of Tamriel filled out. Um, So I'm really excited about all of that. That's really excited. The new arena does sound fun as long as they, like we were saying before, don't make the old content go away. Let's find ways of making everything relevant and that way the solo players have their end game um and that the group players can still do dragon star and stuff like that and get you know valid rewards for playing in group content you know do it that way that's great um all right guys i hope everyone enjoyed this episode of tales of tamriel you can check us out on our website dungeoncrawlernetwork.com if you feel like supporting us you can check us out over there at patreon.com slash dungeon crawler network you can find all of our episodes on our youtube page as well youtube.com slash dungeon crawler network and on twitter at tales of tamriel and dungeon crawl net go ahead and send us a follow so you can follow us and find out all the stuff we're doing over at Dungeon Crawler, including our large selection of podcasts, if four is considered large, um, be it Tales, the Dungeon Crawler Network podcast, the Midnight Hour, Chocobo Nights, all of those fun things, as well as some of the things we do on the website, such as ESO Guides, our new Dungeon Crawler's webcomic series that's out, um, and all of that good stuff. So check us out over there, and uh, we hope to see you next week right here in Tamriel on Tales of Tamriel and Dungeon Crawler Network. Thank you so much. Have a great night, everybody. Good night, all.